All right, let's do a show, y'all. Well, can you can you imagine if you were charged with a criminal offense of some kind and you said to the cops or whoever was investigating, hey, wait, 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 uh, just hold off here. I'm going to investigate myself. I'm going to investigate myself. <laughs> we'll, we'll start there on a very interesting self-investigation by some real criminal elements on planet Earth. Then we have another superhero nurse, Melissa uh, Schreibfeder. Uh, met her first at the uh, Nurse Freedom Network event in Nashville. She's got an event coming up in January I'm going to be at, and y'all should be there too in Orlando. We'll talk about the uh, evolution of nursing back to common sense and natural medicine and natural healing. Also, uh, some prevention for cancer, some treatment for cancer, some stunning new identification within the scientific circles about what you can do to prevent metastasis. Pretty amazing. And not that difficult in reality, what we could talk about. 14 natural alternatives to antibiotics, questions of the day on MCTs and different things. And Super Don wants me to agree with the AMA. I agree with our AMA. I don't know about that AMA, but we'll find out. Stay tuned. Come on over to robertscottbell.com slash listen. Join us now. Share the show with your friends. And we'll get this healing party started right about now. The Robert Scott Bell Bell Show. Welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Uh, Here we go. Uh, I've got uh, questions about uh, investigating yourself. Should you be accused of a crime? What do you think of that? That'd be a sweet deal, huh? You think I did wrong? Yeah, let me check it out. No, it doesn't look like I did. <laughs> I just investigated it. What's the problem? That seems perfectly logical, right? Get the person you've accused or the company or corporation you've accused of a crime to investigate themselves and exonerate themselves. You go, oh, well, they 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 checked it out. We don't have to prosecute now. What am I talking about? Well, as we crank up the... Uh, well, I guess the Wednesday, November the 16th, 2022 edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show, we find that there is an article at Zero Hedge, headlines read, Pfizer and Moderna to investigate their own vaccines for myocarditis risk. Like, well, we didn't know. In fact, we're not even sure that's real, but hey, don't worry. We'll check it. We'll check it. We'll get it. We'll get back to you. <laughs> we'll check into it. Get back to you. That's it. Y'all can rest easy now. And the question by Tyler Durden, who wrote this article, why is Big Pharma investigating their own COVID vaccines for myocarditis side effects if the vaccines were already supposedly tested and proven safe and effective? Wow, that's a reasonable question. How cool is that? Both Pfizer and Moderna, they've announced that they're going to start undertaking those studies, those darn studies to determine the longer-term risks of myocarditis, an inflammatory condition of the heart that can lead to death. And by the way, you've heard it said, well, it's just mild myocarditis. As if to brush it off like it was a, uh, I don't know, you, 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 you scraped yourself on the playground, rub some dirt in it, and carry on. As opposed to myocarditis, which there's no such thing as mild myocarditis. I mean, if you have damage to the heart, it's damage to the heart and it results in poor 
health outcomes moving forward, including likelihood of future cardiac events resulting in death. Do you think those same people that are injecting you and then telling you that carditis you've got, myocarditis you've got is mild, have any remedies for you to actually heal the heart that has been damaged, the wounded heart that is in an ongoing risk factor for you? No, they don't because they're morons. They're dunces. They have medical degrees and they won't use the sense that God gave them because, hey, they're smarter than God, right? M deities. How dare you? Who do you think you are saying that these mRNA shots are dangerous? You're not a doctor. You're not a scientist. You're not Anthony Fauci. You're not the FDA. You're not the CDC. Glad we're not any of those. I don't want to be lumped in that category. This is why as people refer to me as doctor, I, I kind of recoil a little bit. I'm like, really, do you have to? I understand the origin of the word doctor, meaning teacher, physician, healer. I got no problem with the origin of that word and the utilization of it. But the way it's been altered and destroyed utterly, miserably, defecated on, the word doctor now is tantamount to being accused of being a murderer and maybe rightfully so in the era of COVID crises. They were already doctors, the third leading cause of death in the Western world. Now, the question is, will those doctors wake up before they burn in hell? Oh, I know. Ow, 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 Robert, you're at, no, don't say that. That's mean. No, it's sincere. It's, I'm asking, a, once you recognize the evil that you are participating in by injecting innocent adults, women, children, everybody, with these jabs that do not prevent transmission, that do not stop you from being hospitalized, do not really even make the stuff milder that they claim, and leave permanent damage and death in their wake. How do you justify that when you meet, if it's St. Peter at the Pearly Gates or whatever you believe, God on the other side? If you're an atheist, okay, can't talk to you right now. But if you believe in an afterlife, you believe that there's more to this life, and then you have to look back on your life and say, well, God, I tried to do my best. I, I injected everybody I could with synthetic mRNA because we know, God, you screwed up by, you know, creating these diseases. And wait a second, what, what, what disease did I create? Uh, COVID, didn't you do that? Oh, you mean the one that uh, Fauci and them worked on as gain of function, humans playing God? Oh, yeah, yeah, that one. You mean that wasn't you? No, that was not me. And, and then you and then you insisted that everybody get it, and if they didn't, that they should lose their freedom, that they should lose their job, that they should lose, lose their ability to travel, to enjoy life, to be with loved ones. Or if they were with loved ones, they had to wear a mask or two. They had to cover the face that I created. That's, it, this, is, this is what you did that? Yeah, but I thought I was I was a doctor. I was I was doing I was doing don't say God's work at that point. Because you were ushering in dysfunction, severe dysfunction resulting in the death of many, many humans. Arguably, millions died needlessly, unnecessarily due to the medical interventions. Now, during COVID, we know what that was and is, and it's, it's becoming more obvious by the day. Prior to COVID, homeopaths like me, naturopaths, herbalists, chiropractors, energy people, all were saying, hey, 
why are you giving drugs to everybody for everything? I mean, even every emotion, if you talk to psychiatrists, is indicating a deficiency of an FDA-approved pharmaceutical, in this case, a psychiatric med. But let's look at all the other meds that are thrown at everything. Are any of those symptoms evidence of a deficiency of those FDA-approved pharmaceutical synthetic toxic poisons? No, of course not. But we resort to them because, not because it's the right remedy necessarily, but because it's been made monopoly over the course of 150 years or so. There have been concerted efforts and attacks on anybody that looks at the view of the body, the body in a view of a vitalistic way. In other words, a vital force, a chi, a key, whatever you want to call it, an energetic, a neurological, anything that talks energy in terms of our reality versus chemistry was denigrated to quackery. Remember, I mentioned the AMA, the American Medical Association, founded in 1847, three years after the American Institute of Homeopathy was founded to promote homeopathy and education in homeopathic medicine. The 1844, 1847, along comes the American Medical Association. What to do? We want to wipe out the homeopathic doctors and the homeopathic methods and medicines. Didn't work so well. Because the mainstay of American medical history includes homeopathic medicine, herbal medicine, natural medicine. It's part of our history. Lord knows I didn't know that growing up in the 20th century. Come to find out that in 1910, Abraham and Simon Flexer were given big bucks by the Rockefeller and Carnegie Foundations to wipe out all competition that the AMA started to try and do. All competition to the emerging field of patent petrochemical medicines oil-based medicines that can be converted via organic chemistry into anything. Toxic poisons that could suppress things in the body, could force things to happen in the body, but also have nasty side effects that are merely direct effects that are not marketable until they are. Case in point, the science of modern medicine. Here's a drug for your vascular system, heart, blood pressure stuff. Ooh, what's that, sir? Excuse me, are you aroused? What? No, I just took that other medicine. Oh, really? Oh, that's a side effect. Oh, hey, retool. Hey, bring that drug back. Let's remarket it. And yeah, that's right. It's now an erectile dysfunction drug. That used to be a side effect of the previous incarnation of that drug, which is the same drug. We can make more money if we sell it to men who, yeah, you follow me here. This is the science of modern medicine, modern pharmacological dogma. Not because it's been this way ever since there have been humans on the planet but because certain humans wanted to monopolize and control and enslave and poison you and have done so with great efficacy. Not heal you, but poison you. As I pointed out, and Superdon, go ahead and show that, that slide again that uh, people are seem to, it seemed to go semi-viral for people are sharing it in there. Uh, you know, it's like, it kind of says what it says. Don't worry, I have a medical degree and I can poison you to, back to health. <laughs> Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Duh. Agree, right? This is what we're dealing with, folks. And I know it sounds harsh, probably not to most of you that have been with me for years and years and years since I opened the microphone in 1999. But for those of you who are joining us recently, welcome to the club. Welcome to the party where the water is warm, organic, not filled with glyphosate or any other pharmaceutical drug, unless you want it, your choice, right? And as I've said all of these things about modern pharmacological medicine, I don't want it banned. If you want to choose it, that is your freedom. If you believe in freedom, 
But those folks that are tied into the monopoly do not often believe in your freedom to choose other things that don't involve them and their profitability. And that's where it's gone wrong. You deny choice, a gift from God, besides life itself. Number one on my list is choice, agency. And that is destroyed in monopoly. And many people within the allopathic profession are realizing it's not a great exalted status to be given a degree and then licensed to be able to practice what you've learned, yet not innovate when you recognize that nobody coming to you for help is actually deficient in any of the things you can write a prescription for. So by all means, let Pfizer and Moderna investigate themselves for the myocarditis risk, much less the long-term effects of myocarditis. They will absolve themselves of any guilt. And then we can just go on taking their jabs or not. Or maybe we can open up to all healers, even those who have been trained allopathically, who have woken up from their drug-induced slumber to acknowledge the error of their ways and to begin to do better as we are asked. Once we know better, we are asked to do better. Joining us now for the first time on the Robert Scott Bell Show, she's a friend of our friend, Kimberly Overton. We met in Nashville. You want to meet this wonderful nurse doing wonderful work, opening us up to more possibilities of healing, not suppression. Melissa Schreibfetter joins us now on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Melissa, welcome. Hi, Robert. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for the intro. Oh, you're welcome. And, and did anything I say frighten you or annoy you in the opening of this show today? No, no not at all. Actually, um, right before I got on here, I was just getting um, recently updated stats on myocarditis. And what did you find? Can you, oh, can you share? Well, what I, yeah. find, what I found is a bit horrifying, but I, I know you and I have been uh, awake to this ever since these shots came out. But um, in regards to children, um, yes. because it's absolutely despicable that this shot is being pushed on, on even infants. So um, as of November 4th, um, what was reported to theirs for kids ages six months to 18 years was um, 1,966 reported cases of myocarditis, 543 permanently disabled, and 167 deaths. And also, um, thank you for mentioning and pointing out that myocarditis is not mild, as the CDC likes to have parents thinking. Mm -hmm. um, but there is an 80% survival for one year, and there's a 50% survival for five years. Um, I um, well, had pause, to... Pause, pause on that. Yeah. Go ahead. That, that's that's important. That's what I was getting at. And I thank you for bringing that up. I want mm -hmm. people to think about this as they've been marketing this term mild myocarditis. You said survival rate for what they call my 80%. That means a 20% death rate in the first year of having mild myocarditis. And then you said in the next, what, four or five years beyond that survival rate, 50%. So that means 50% die with, well, it was mild. And now you're looking at a 50-50 chance of living five years. Tell me how that meets any definition of mild. And why on earth would we subject healthy children to this? And also I have another, um, <clears throat> another point right here to make. So a team of John Hopkins researchers found a mortality rate of zero among, among children with a pre-existing medical condition. And, and, you know, we also know the CDC never differentiated between uh, children dying 
of COVID or dying with COVID. We know that a lot of these deaths of a child that, you know, maybe passed away in a car accident and then they went to the hospital and received a swab, maybe, you know, false positive PCR test that they could have put COVID on the death certificate and that could be counted. Jeez, man. Melissa, uh, you know, since this is your first time on the show as well, and you just dove right in, and I appreciate that very much. Ba- a little backstory, if you will. I mean, obviously, you're friends with our friend Kimberly Overton, yes. you know, how you guys connected. But before that even, you know, your your um, participation in the nursing profession, you know, I'm sure, you know, a little bit what motivated you to want to become a nurse. How long or how many years were you doing it unaware of some of these, you know, re- very real issues within the allopathic physician community, much less nursing community? Uh, to the wake-up call prior to or during COVID. A little bit of that backstory, I'd be fascinated. I think our viewers would that don't know you would love to hear that. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, love telling the story. So I've been a nurse for over 10 years and I wanted to go into nursing because I wanted to help people. Um, and uh, as most nurses do, but then of course, once we get into the field, we start to see that the patients that we're working with, they just continue to get sicker and sicker. And then a lot of the things that we're doing don't make any sense. And just like you were saying before, Robert, you know, when, when you have a health condition, it's not a deficiency of a pharmaceutical drug. So, but it just, it it was so incredibly frustrating that every time I would see my patients, they are worse. And then when you think about a patient in a hospital bed and they've maybe had a stroke and they're on 20 different medications yet on their hospital tray is chicken nuggets and a Coke, you know, just, it doesn't make sense. It's not health oriented. It's not healthcare. It's sick care. And this system is very oppressive for both the um, patients and then for the professionals that are working within the system. And so, so I knew that there were problems in the system. I had a variety of different healthcare experience, everything from med surge to um, healthcare administration. I was a uh, university nursing instructor. I actually did that, but, you know, um, up until the mandates. But anyway, I really, really woke up when I um, had my son in 2017. And and I had, um, before I had my baby, I had you know, well, not a baby anymore, but, you know, before I had my son, I have been struggling with a lot of just various uh, odd health symptoms that nobody could figure out. And of course, no one ever talked to me about the nutrition and lifestyle. So, but I finally, um, after being told that my symptoms weren't real, they were just in my head, I finally got diagnosed with Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism, and then later down the road, Lyme disease and mold illness. And um, when I was really sick, and I remember um, with my autoimmune antibodies, they were sky high in the 7,000s, which is crazy high. And I remember asking my physician, I was like, okay, Hashimoto's, thyroiditis, this is an inflammatory condition. Isn't there something I can do uh, through diet that can help? And she looked at me like I had two heads and they said, well, we don't know much about that. Just take this pill and come back in four Mm. months. So I was still very sick and that didn't sit right with me. So I ended up taking my health into my own hands, um, working through functional medicine providers, um, reduced my antibodies by 99%, eliminated the vast majority of my symptoms. And um, also uh, going through that system um, as a patient. And I was like, I'm a nurse. I know how to talk to doctors. 
how did this happen to me? And then what is happening to these people that have no medical experience and they're just falling through the cracks? So through my frustration of how awful the conventional medical model is, I decided to um, build a practice, build a functional medicine practice to help others to regain their health through nutrition, lifestyle interventions, also mm -hmm. offer appropriate testing to actually figure out what's going on because we know that insurance companies are a huge barrier to um, patients patient care. Because a lot of times, um, you know, the doctor's hands are tied because they are limited by what their administrators say and what the insurance company mm -hmm. says. So I actually um, launched my practice. It really felt like a God thing. I had a sense of urgency. I need to, <laughs> I need to get out there and do that, do this. And I launched it one month before COVID. Oh, and my so, goodness. Yeah. Yeah. So when I launched it, um, it actually um, just took off because, you, you know, once you get somebody well and mm -hmm. they're going to tell everybody that they know and then you're going to be getting their family members, their friends, you know, their neighbors. Were you, were you catching a lot of flack, though, to set up a kind of a more holistic or integrative practice at the dawn of the time when they were about to attack anybody who had a different view on COVID than the established narrative by mm -hmm. CDC, WHO and Fauci, et cetera? Yeah, yeah. So I actually um, came out very, very early on because, and, and again, like I'm, I'm not a prescribing provider, so I don't have access to the prescription path, but I came out very early on about this because I was seeing that my high risk patients that were diagnosed with COVID, I, you know, I would do a session with them and say, okay, what's the plan for your COVID? And then they told me, well, they told me just to go home, not really do anything and, you know, go to the hospital if I can't breathe. And that defies all common sense, especially since we have known, I mean, we know from even old NIH studies, how important zinc and vitamin D and all these different things are for the immune system. So that was really um, a red flag for me. So when I saw that occurring and I saw those NIH guidelines, I started advocating, um, you, you know, getting, um, connected with, you know, physician organizations that had um, treatment protocols like um, Dr. Peter McCullough, what he had, had published in the Review of Cardiovascular Medicine and American Frontline Doctors and FLCCC. And I started really advocating for patients and helping them to get connected to doctors that were actually willing to treat them. So I did become a voice in my community. And absolutely, like when you go out against what the conventional narrative is, when you go against their narrative, they take offense because that is implying that what they're doing is wrong. So yes, I have um, experienced um, attacks by other people in the sure. um, so what field. about what about the the arrogance uh, within allopathic medicine? And this can be true of nurses and doctors, mm -hmm. but yeah. particularly of doctors uh, <laughs> looking at a nurse like yourself and saying, "Well, you're not a doctor." You know, despite the fact that you have more typically close contact with these patients yeah. than doctors do, and you're actually listening to them and learning. Mm -hmm. And yet that arrogance comes through and has resulted in the deaths, I believe, of maybe yes. millions of people, particularly in hospital settings. Uh, we've witnessed uh, and, and heard stories of time after time after time of the killing fields of hospitals coming out from under, you know, the yes. pretense, pretense that they're here to help you and heal you. And the reality is they were ushering in death due to COVID protocols given from above, not allowing patient-doctor relationship responses. 
Yeah, there's absolutely a lack of humility and respect for the sanctity of human life. So, and, and also, you, you know, um, that's one of the things I really like to help my clients with is getting them connected with an open-minded provider. Because if you have a provider that is very heavily indoctrinated into the system and they think they know everything, how are they going to help you if they haven't, they're not capable to learn anything new because they think that they already know everything. And then also, um, you know, many of them rely heavily on, you know, the AMA, the CDC, the NIH, which are openly captured agencies. So I'm to the point now where I know that this conventional system is very difficult to work in, but if you, if you are not seeing that this is wrong, if you are not seeing what is right in front of you, then I really question your thought process and, and your integrity. As well, you should. And I'm glad that you're doing that. Mm -hmm. By the way, if you don't know, uh, Melissa is doing a lot of amazing things. She's got a group and here's the link in the, and it's in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. It's called integrativenursecoaching.com. Integrativenursecoaching.com. She'll also be speaking at hosting things happening at the event that uh, Terry and Stu Warner are hosting in Orlando, the one that got moved because of the hurricane from October now to uh, January, early January, 2023. There it is. This is the American Health Freedom Summit Expo, Orlando, Florida. It's a little blurry. I don't know why it's blurry on my screen. There it is. It's coming into focus there. Uh, and it looks like, uh, what are the dates on this thing? January, starting January 7th and 8th. I think there's an entire weekend's worth of things going on. Then the American Freedom Nurses Summit. And we see Kimberly Overton there among uh, all the folks that are going to join us down there at that event. And uh, I certainly would love to see everybody there. If you're in the uh, holistic realm or allopathic realm, come together, uh, join forces, if you will, to do right by people that need your help, that don't need to be poisoned further. If anything, they need to be unpoisoned. Can you be unpoisoned? Yeah, you can be unpoisoned. I always wonder how you can be unvaccinated, though, right? You can't undo fully being jabbed. It's like as a homeopath, we can detoxify from traditional vaccinations, but the mRNA shots are kind of different, even though we're all trying uh, to help uh, those people that succumb to the pressure or, or were victimized in another way or just chose to. I'm not, I'm not willing to write them off if they're open to, to options on getting well. We want to help them. And I think, I imagine some of those things, those topics may be covered at this event. Yeah. So, um, so with that event, um, actually the day before, which is going to be that Thursday, it's going to be the um, American Nurses Freedom Summit, which is going to be um, a uh, conference that is pretty much dedicated to nurses. It's also op it's open to the public, though, nurses and anybody else who wants to attend. Because you wouldn't, you wouldn't kick me out if I show up. <clears throat> you would be absolutely welcomed. I hope you show up. Um, yeah. but, but anyway, we're going to be we know um, as nurses, you know, there are more and more nurses waking up. Up. And it is extremely disturbing seeing what's happening in our profession. And there's a lot of nurses that want to, you know, like you said earlier, once you know better, you do better. There's a lot of nurses, their eyes have been opened and they don't want to work in this uh, sick care system anymore. So on Thursday, we're going to be discussing, um, you know, opportunities for nurses outside of that system. And I've actually um, launched a training program for nurses. It's called Functional Medicine for Nurses. It's my um, mentorship program where I'm helping teach nurses the um, foundations of functional medicine and also provide instruction on how they can actually open up their own um, 
private concierge nursing service. And um, another thing that I've been working with in collaboration with Kimberly Overton at the Nurse Freedom Network, um, she is designing a PMA professional membership association called Remnant Nursing that is going to specialize in the care of the vaccine injured. And the goal is to be able to get nurses, get allopathic nurses functionally trained, and then um, they would um, have the opportunity to join the PMA and be able to pick up clients under the umbrella of Remnant and and be able to serve their communities um, in a holistic way. That is a beautiful thing that's Mm -hmm. happening here. Superdome, put that uh, website up. It's part of uh, integrativenursecoaching.com. There's slash business in it. And you can see this image of functional medicine for nurses. Uh, and uh, Melissa's putting that on. I mean, that, yeah, you are already an educator. You said you've done some t- teaching and training. Yes. You're writing yes. curricula that is actually mm-hmm. going to be benefiting not only the nurses that engage in it, but those that go out to help genuinely got into nursing for all the re- right reasons. I think most do. Uh, you can actually help folks. And in addition to what you've said, Kimberly Overton is working on, I see a much brighter future than if I look back at what we've been through. There's loads of darkness and death there. Uh, to try and uh, genuinely prevent that from continuing, much less uh, happening ever again in the future. And and it isn't that I'm saying we can prevent all death. I mean, that's part of life, the transition of life to death and life to death. But what we've seen is an active participation in the demise of the human frame and the human being via the adoption of a one-size-fits-all monopolistic practice of uh, pharmaceutical injections and drugs and poisons, et cetera. That is not appropriate. The appropriate place for allopathic medicine, not I don't know if it's just my opinion, but I'll say it is in a very narrow window of uh, acute trauma intervention, putting people back together that have been hit, by, hit by cars and buses or on the battlefield that have been shot by bullets. And you need to patch them up and give them, you know, the opportunity to live, to recover. And that is an, an amazing thing, the innovation there. It's pretty, quite profound and quite impressive. But when you apply those same warfare type medicines into everyday practice, there's nothing holistic and healthful about them. Correct. And then a lot of the pharmaceuticals, um, you, you know, people need to understand that the vast majority of pharmaceuticals are not bringing your body back into balance. They're not healing you. They're suppressing essential mechanisms that occur in the body. And there's a lot of consequences to that. And then also a lot of medications deplete essential nutrients from the body. Um, Something I catch all the time. I have clients that will come to me on an SSRI like Wellbutrin, for which we know can deplete the body of melatonin, which we need to help us sleep. It's also a really powerful antioxidant. So one of the side effects of taking a medication like Wellbutrin is insomnia. And the physicians are not trained on the nutrient depletions caused by their medication. So what ends up happening is, you know, they come back, they can't sleep. Instead of saying, okay, well, let's replete the melatonin, they give them a habit forming sleep aid for which then it's going to cause more issues that they need more medications from. And I've seen clients that have come to me on up to young women up to 20 different medications. And we know that these conventional docs are just not trained on how to de-prescribe. And they're not trained to think about what is actually causing the dysfunction in the body. And I think this is really where nurses can shine because we're so used to spending time in assessment and, and really listening to our patients, you know, on an um, outpatient basis, 
we can, um, you know, if we're bypassing the insurance paradigm, then we will have the time to do a proper assessment and do research and actually figure out what is causing what and then work on a plan to help get the body back into balance. Because again, you know, our, our bodies are magnificently and brilliantly designed and um, God designed our bodies to heal. We just need to take away what is aggravating the body and what's making us sick and give the body what it needs. So, Melissa, you've discussed the idea of a PMA, Private Membership Association. We've seen the emergence or reemergence of that idea, that concept of getting out of the public arena, right, where they say public health guidelines say this or this, prohibit you from doing that or force you to do that. And what you are doing contractually, the law of contract, is basically setting up, you know, four corners of something where the public is not invited. You're, it's so public health doesn't apply. It's about private membership that they can come in and agree uh, via contractual, uh, you know, it's very r- right out in the open. Here's what we provide for you. Here's what we ask of you. And then you guys and gals can interact with each other without the heavy hand of government or pharmaceutical government medicine dictating what you must do or what you can't do. Trying to find some way to bring freedom back into the equation and some level of what we call the sacred relationship, restoring it between a doctor and a patient, nurse and a patient, whatever kind that might be, to allow for a response that is not collectivist. It is not one size fits all. It's responsive to what are the needs of that individual. Correct. Yeah, we're also bio-individualized. And what one thing that's going to work for one person may not work for the next person. And, and, and you know, a, a 200 pound, a 200 pound man is going to need a different um, treatment model than a 100 pound female. So yeah, there's a lot of opportunities that we can work outside of this oppressive system. And, and, and yes, um, the PMA, I, I think it's going to be excellent. But also, um, you, you know, physicians, nurses, um, even, you know, uh, physical therapists, respiratory therapists, people wanting to to leave the system, um, you can own and operate your own LLC. And as long as you're bypassing the insurance system, you're not going to have your hands tied as far as like what is going to be best to order um, for these patients. And um, something else about um, ordering labs. So um, in most all states in the the country, except for New York, New Jersey, and Rhode Island, um, patients can actually um, directly order their own labs through, there's multiple different websites. The cheapest one is um, bltsystem.com. However, most patients don't, they just don't know what labs to order. And then when they order them, they don't know how to review them. So with um, nurses and other licensed healthcare professionals, um, we can order wholesale labs for them, which are really quite affordable. And just to give you an example, a complete blood count with differential. If you go to the ER and you get that panel done, and that's going to show like your white blood cells, your red blood cells, things like that, um, your insurance is going to be billed $500 for that test. If I order that wholesale for my clients, that test costs $5 out of pocket. That is how inexpensive it is to get these really important diagnostic tests. Wow. Yeah. This is, uh, again, bringing what I'd say the power to heal back to the individual, but working with individuals they choose to work with and not looking for third party interveners, government uh, support, making it untenable. People thought, well, the only way I can have health care, Melissa, is if some third party pays for it for me, right? I just need more. We need more insurance. We need more health insurance. And I've said so many times, and I'll say it again for the new folks, the most dangerous thing you can have in America is really good medical insurance. Pause, take a listen, 
let it percolate and understand what I'm trying to communicate here. Melissa, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm seeing that people are having a lot of success actually with things like HSAs, FSAs, health shares. Um, health shares are a really good option because they actually prefer for you to um, seek out holistic care because they see better outcomes. And we also know that with the insurance companies and, um, you, you know, the medical industry and the pharmaceutical industry, that there is a very corrupt alliance there. I mean, just think about these things. You know, um, we've confirmed, for an example, how acupuncture helps with chronic pain significantly. It's an effective treatment for chronic pain. The vast majority majority of insurance companies will not pay for acupuncture, even though it's a cost-effective, safe, um, and effective treatment. Um, however, they will pay for you to be on um, opiates that can cause a lot of damage to the body and dependency. So just a lot of these things don't make sense. They'll pay for all these pharmaceuticals, mm -hmm. but most of them are not going to pay for you to get some high-quality um, nutraceuticals that can actually help yeah, to balance these, these the third-party interveners and payers will guarantee somebody or something profits, but not necessarily the patient and oftentimes not necessarily the doctor. Uh, the doctor who might wish to do something that they feel is in, in a better or more responsive to the needs of the patient, they are limited by that third party controller, if you will. Yes. And we have, uh, let's say we've corrupted our minds because we look to say the only way we can have a healthcare system is if we have third party payers, interveners, government, private government partnership, whatever they want to call it. And it's a corruption of the sacred relationship, the responsiveness that needs to occur in terms of an exchange of energy, information, dedication, passion, whatever it is, uh, the investment. It's got to be that relationship. Now, I would say if anything else that's in there, for me, it's a, it's God, it's spirit in that way, which I've said as well, that my role as a homeopath is not even to find you the right homeopathic remedy or remedies, but it's to connect you to the source and wisdom of all healing. And that's your divinity or your connection to the divine. Then from there, everything flows. And this is not a dismissal, Melissa, of anybody's education or degree, even though I make fun of degrees, calling them degrees because people don't use sense anymore when they get them. But it is a recognition that we should not, we shouldn't worship the mind or our intelligence or our perception of it, or because we have achieved a high level of education, that that's it. We are now the demigods or the M deities. That is a trap. It's a deceptive trap and it can lead to, as we've seen, that profession being the third, second, or first leading cause of death. That's nothing to be proud of, in my humble opinion. You know, and I've also seen that there has just been an overwhelming trust in, in the medical system and, and what the doctor says. It's almost like, oh, the doctor God has spoken. Well, how many times have physicians been wrong about things, you know? And we also need to honor the fact that um, when we're working with a, a suffering patient, that patient is the expert in their own body. Um, and, you know, as healthcare professionals, we need to look at it like we are basically helping this person to be able to have the tools necessary to heal themselves. So, um, and, um, and, and yeah, like there's um, also um, with so much trust um, in this uh, medical field, another thing um, that I'm really seeing being the silver lining of COVID, we have people that, again, have no medical experience whatsoever. And all of a sudden, um, it's like a light bulb is coming up and they're saying this does not make sense, especially with the coercion of these EUA injections and of the EUA medications such as Paxlovid. Oh, what a disaster that is. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Melissa, and, and me, 
Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say that, you know, we're getting to the point where, you know, almost everybody knows somebody who was negatively impacted um, due to the lack of treatment through COVID or was right. negatively impacted um, by these injections. So even with well, the censorship, it's going to it's going to come out. Yeah. Let me remind you all uh, part of the ways you stay well is not to poison yourself, <laughs> not to poison other kids. And one of those things when you're growing food or maybe you're dealing with pesky little ants and roaches in your house, you don't spray toxic poisons that can cause cancer or liver failure or any number of things. And uh, shout out to our friends at Orange Guard, Tor McPartland, for doing an amazing job back in the 90s, going all the way up through the uh, regulatory agencies, EPA. This is regulated as a pesticide. It's Orange Guard. It's delimiting. In fact, the ingredient delimiting is shown to be anti-cancer. Yes, it's a therapeutic agent that can kill cancer as opposed to promote it or cause it. OrangeGuard.com, you can get it at your local Ace Hardware, your Whole Foods, or uh, direct OrangeGuard.com. Pick it up and uh, share it and take a picture. Maybe we'll do another giveaway another time. But we we did a fun giveaway last week for all of y'all that got it and sent in those pictures with your Orange Guard. It really works. It's really amazing. And you can use it as a cleaning agent too, by the way. And you can dilute it down extremely, uh, like six to one, right on your plants if you have them in the greenhouse or otherwise. And it really facilitates great growth and protects them uh, in ways that, uh, well, it's it's using nature as our alibi to do that. So we're not poisoning. Also, in addition to the uh, education that we're talking about with Melissa for nurses, we have many doctors and nurses also joining us at Trinity School of Natural Health, trinityschool.org is the place where we do body, mind, spirit education. We give you the opportunity to learn things you might not have learned in an allopathic curriculum. And that's a good thing because this is where your patient population is going, whether you go there or not. And if you want to continue helping people or having a patient population or client population, it might be a good idea to learn the things that they want to do in their own healing recovery um, protocols. So go to trinityschool.org. Sign up there. There are many, many levels of, of trainings from health coach to certified natural health professionals and everything in between. Iridology is amazing. There's so many ways to uh, enhance and improve what you uh, desire to do or be as a healer, uh, which is very exciting. So that is uh, that is going on. So uh, let's see here. Super Don, go ahead and open up your microphone and uh, let me know what's going on. You're saying I'm having an occasional dropout. Um and I can, I can drop if you can say some other announcements and I'll come right back in so we don't have further dropouts, if you don't mind, Super D. Go ahead. Some other announcements. Oh, you weren't quick enough. No. Come on, man. I'll be right back. You go ahead. Yeah, it's just, it's just a little bit crunchy. That's all. Okay. That's all right. I'll be right back. All right. And just a, just a quick reminder, you guys, over at robertscottbell.com. Uh, we have got coming up here. I'm working on it right now, but the, uh, the good folks that make this show possible in addition to you guys uh we'll be putting out some really great black friday specials coming up here it's it's holiday season it's that time again and so i've uh got a page that i'm I'm creating over on the website up at the top you can see there's a, a tab there for black friday specials i'll be adding to that as we get closer to that time um but there's it's going to be some really great uh, opportunities in order to be able to get some discounts on some of the stuff that you guys Know and love, and so I'll be working on that uh, probably uh, the rest of this week and going into this coming up weekend. Yeah, get so you all the deals. Yeah. yeah, I love that. 
And also upcoming events. We'll be adding more of them, including the event that Melissa will be at and Kimberly Overton and others in January, kicking it back into gear. Uh, we've survived quite quite a run up to this uh, to this moment, Melissa. It's been a very busy time, and you know, even pre COVID, I don't think I traveled as much as I did in the last six or seven weeks, being away from home more than I was home. But finding the urgency, meeting the urgency that is out there, which I'm sure you feel as well, of getting people up to speed on what they can do now that they know better to do better. And I appreciate all that you're doing to facilitate that. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and again, like the past few years have been just, it's been despicable what has happened. But, um, you know, I, I think that we need to acknowledge like what went wrong there. That way we can work as hard as we can to make sure that nothing like this ever happens again. And then we can also, you know, use this as an opportunity to work to create a parallel healthcare system that can actually um, serve patients well and actually reverse disease processes and also, um, you know, serve the professionals that are working in the system as well. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing you. I know there's another event in Nashville. I don't know if I'll be at, but I think the Reawaken America tour is going there in January as well. And just a shout out to Clay Clark for inviting me to the event in Branson. It was amazing. It was almost overwhelming, the uh, intense energy that was going on there. Uh, but uh, I don't know, Super Don, they, they also published my uh, presentation there on Rumble. In addition, I know you had grabbed it as well. So there are a number of ways. If you want to see, I'll just say it this way. If you want to see me at another Reawaken America tour event, they're probably going to look to say, hey, what was the response and interest in the subject matter that I brought out, which is a little different than just uh, political and or religious, even though I will address those things as well in everything that I do. But it's really primarily one that empowers you with information and knowledge to replenish the, the body, that which it needs and that which it is lacking, whether it be because you didn't eat it or because you took drugs as Melissa pointed out, these drugs can push out the minerals that are essential for normal metabolic functions, so making making things much worse. So if you want and you find that Rumble channel for Reawaken America, uh, do click it, watch it, maybe comment on it. That might encourage Clay if he's watching. Thrive Time Show is what you Thrive want to look show. for on uh, on Rumble. Yeah. Thrive Time Show. Okay, excellent. So yeah, if you want to see me at another event coming up, whether it be Nashville or otherwise. I'm not here to invite myself to these events. It was very kind of Clay to bring me in, and he was so gracious after my talk to bring me up and say, hey, y'all need to know about this uh, media outlet called the Robert Scott Bell Show. We are the best-kept secret in health talk media 23 years in and becoming less the best-kept secret as people learn about what I do, what we do here, what Super Don does to make this possible, and connecting with folks like Melissa and the Nurse Freedom Network and being able to travel around and your support out there has helped us to do that as well. Um, it's just a, an extraordinary thing to see the lights, you know, light up in the eyes of the folks that go, my gosh, I don't have to be a victim of, of the system that I grew up in. No, you don't. <laughs> At any point, you can make a different decision and say, I'm not going down that road anymore like I did and find yourself stronger and healthier by the day, by the week, by the month, by the year uh, and, and not being an anomaly. I don't think I'm an anomaly, Melissa, having overcome 24 chronic years of, of, of ailments in the first 24 years of my life to do what I do in my mid-50s. And I don't do that to brag. I do that to try and be an example to others that if you, if you change what you eat, if you stop taking those drugs that are you have no deficiency in, you can transform your present and your future starting right now. As long as you're breathing, there's an opportunity to do so. 
Yeah, the, the healing capacity of the body is absolutely remarkable. And, and I will say, like working in this field, it, it is the most rewarding. I, I can't even put into words how rewarding it is to actually see people heal. And, you know, I've had people um, on the tear uh, on the phone in tears with me <laughs> talking to me about how grateful they are that they actually feel alive again. And, and the thing is, like, when you're going through your life with the chronic debilitating illnesses, you know, your quality of life suffers and then, you know, your family suffers from it. So it really is like, if you're going to invest in anything, it's so worth it to invest in your health. Beautifully said and, and beautifully witnessed. Uh, I love that too. It, it makes my heart happy, you know, to see people lit up and empowered from where they were victimized because I know I was that I felt like a victim of my body mm-hmm. of modern medicine and the, the lack of cause and effect connection means you're just a random act of whatever. And you can, you know, curse God if you, if you want and say, Lord, why me? Which I did not knowing. And the experts didn't know. And they told me there was nothing they could do. Just keep taking the drugs, the shots, maybe more surgery. And it didn't feel right. Didn't fit me anymore at a certain point. And by the grace of God, and then my own decisions, choices carved out a different path. And I'm encouraging all y'all to take that opportunity to at any moment, even if it's now, which is a lot of years later, you might look back. Well, I could have made the decision back then. Well, yeah, it might be a little bit more difficult because you didn't make it back then, but not impossible unless you buy into the impossibility that the allopathic wizards or shall I say pharmacia, that was uh, sorcerers technically, uh, will tell you. They will wave their wand and say, you are powerless unless you come to me for the potions that I have. Yeah. And, and, you know, mind, mindset is huge. And I also think that, um, you know, so many of us, me being an 80s baby, I grew up on Pop-Tarts and Lunchable and Lunchables. And I don't even know how many hey, the 60s I babies. Ate. I grew up on that stuff, too. So yeah. it, it, 20 um, years of that stuff prior to you. But yes, that yeah. kept going. Yeah. So, it, so it's remarkable that you can eat that way as a child, <laughs> still end up healing as an adult if you make the, the if you make good lifestyle and nutritional changes. But mm-hmm. these things can be hard at first. And, and, you know, so the mindset is key. And I think that sometimes, especially with um, people with autoimmune conditions, which I see all the time, I work with a lot of these conditions, and they're told by their provider, well, there's nothing we can do about the autoimmune process. We just, you know, have to wait and see. And then when it gets so bad, we'll put you on immunosuppressant medications, which we know can cause cancer. And they're not even, you know, um, and, and that's because there's no standard of care to actually get the autoimmune condition under control. And, you know, when we learn a new concept in medicine, it takes about 17 years on average to get that yeah. implemented into the standard of care. But I think some of these patients that get diagnosed with these illnesses and they may, mm-hmm. you know, be addicted to this bad food. And then when the doctor says, no, you can still eat at Whataburger, you can still eat whatever you want. Um, then, you know, it's, it's kind of defeating because they feel like, well, I can't do anything about this anyway. I've got this condition and now I'm, you know, cursed to this destiny to be chronically ill, but it's just not true. Melissa, the thing you said was interesting to me. And I want to bring this up again, where doctors are as often as you said, 17 years could be two, three decades behind where the scientific literature is. And I'm talking about the, the real stuff, not the phony sham peer review stuff. Yes. And I'll, here's a classic example, and I think you'll appreciate this. You know, as I was scouring back in the 90s in my early homeopathic career, the medical literature on cholesterol and heart disease, it came to my attention just from reading the medical literature that cholesterol was, in fact, not the cause of heart disease. I'm like, 
oh, I was told we have to avoid cholesterol. Let's eat margarine, which is equivalent of eating synthetic motor oil instead of real butter with saturated fats, because they also said saturated fats are the problem, which is not true either. The quality, whether there are toxic poisons and heavy metals in them, that that's an issue. But in and of itself, butter, ghee, saturated fats, cholesterol is not the cause. And so I would bring this up time and time again. In fact, there was a whole website, and it's still up there after all those years, of, of what they call cholesterol skeptics or whatever. And I would even bring this up. I, I, I tell the story how I was at an airport one time traveling to a conference and I was having lunch at, I don't know, it was a Texas airport. I don't know, it was Houston or Dallas, what it was at the time. Sat down, had my lunch, organic lunch from home. It was before you could get organic stuff at these places. And I was sitting eating and I happened to sit next to a doctor who had some medical books and literature open and he was clearly a cardiologist. And I said to him, this is, this is probably easily 20 years ago now. And I said to him, Hey, isn't it interesting? Do you know that, the, you know, they, they found that cholesterol is not the cause of heart disease. And he looked at me funny, like, who are you? Are you a doctor? You know, and he actually asked me, I was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm a homeopathic uh, practitioner. And I, you know, I read the medical literature. He's like, you know, he was still looking down his nose at me going, yeah, well, you know, he kind of hemmed and hawed about it, but didn't want to acknowledge that. And yet here today as evidence that we're dealing with doctors that are 30 years or more behind the times, maybe more in this case they're still prescribing statin drugs to patients right and left like it's candy to lower cholesterol, which is known not to be the cause of heart disease. Yeah, you, you know, and, and statin drugs are known to deplete the body of CoQ10, which is really mm -hmm. important for your cardiovascular health. And, and also with, with things like cholesterol, um, when we're on, you know, it's the number one selling pharmaceutical in our country. And by the way, the U.S. is consuming over 60% of the world pharmaceutical supply. Um, but anyway, when we drop the cholesterol so low, that uh, cholesterol is the building block of all steroids hormones in your body. So if cholesterol is too low, then we're going to have problems with our sex hormones our youth hormones and, and issues gone, with yeah. testosterone and things like that. And then again, it's that spiral of like, Oh, something else is wrong in the body. Let's give you another med. Mm -hmm. But then that root cause is never addressed. And also when we do see cholesterol, um, getting higher and higher and higher. There's a reason why that's happening. We need to go to that root cause. And, you know, um, the body as a protective mechanism will produce more cholesterol um, when there's a systemic inflammatory response. So that I see correct. that once we get inflammation down, we see cholesterol go into healthy levels. And, and again, we don't want the cholesterol. We don't want the total cholesterol less than 150. That's not good for you. No, it's not. And uh, I've talked about statin drugs as the gateway drugs to Alzheimer's neurological degradation, Parkinson's perhaps, because the brain is made up of fat and cholesterol, critically necessary. You take a drug to reduce that, you're going to be in big trouble, much worse trouble than when you started. And so this is a point of where we must stop worshiping a profession that utilizes faulty scientific conclusions that are provably false and have been for 30, 40, 50 years, maybe more. And who knew? better the real naturopaths the real homeopaths the real holistic eclectic herbal medicine people have pointed out that none of these ailments and illnesses that are manifesting and, and, and are very profitable for the pharmaceutical industry are evidence of a lack of their products their drugs approved by the fear and death administration and melissa you recognize it and acknowledge it are trying to get people on a better better course of action because you know better now you do better and you're you're helping others to do so as well those of you who don't know uh, Melissa can be found at integrative nurse coaching.com. 
And there's even a functional medicine for nurses course that you're doing. As I said, I think these are wonderful, powerful adjuncts to help in addition to the things I recommend at Trinity School of Natural Health. However you get there, please just get there and plan to be in January with us down in Orlando uh, for the event that Drs. Terry and Stu Warner are hosting, including the Nurse Freedom Network and your event and the combination of all of that. And we'll celebrate the healing that is uh, in renaissance right now, I think, because of COVID, interestingly enough. Yes, absolutely. So I'm, I'm so excited about that event. And it's always just so um, amazing just getting a group of like-minded people together and just to kind of celebrate um, all of this knowledge that we have about how how to heal holistically. And um, and yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm so absolutely excited about, um, you, you know, the mentorship program I have for nurses, because I've, you know, once I've launched my practice, I've always had nurses reaching out to me wanting to learn more about what I'm doing. But then with all of these horrible things that have been happening in the medical system with COVID, we have a lot of these fierce nurse advocates that mm -hmm. care about their patient population and they're seeing something is wrong and they can no longer work in the hospital system because it's now against their code of ethics. So yeah. they're out of work, you know, due to the um, ethics. And of course, with the mandates coming in. Um, so, and I think that those are really the, the nurses that are going to be very well suitable mm -hmm. working in this parallel uh, healthcare model. Yeah. Nurses don't fight the hospitals unless they've wronged you and you want to sue them. That's okay. But mm -hmm. Do Buckminster Fuller's idea of making them obsolete. You create a system that they're no longer needed. Their services are no longer required, nor is their permission. Melissa Schreibfetter, thank you for being here. I can't wait to see you again, whether it be in Nashville, Orlando, or wherever. Yes, looking forward to seeing you in January. And again, thank you so much for having me. And I just appreciate you and all of your hard work and being the voice of reason that we need so thank much. Thank you, Melissa. And please keep sharing the show. There's as many people that know about it, way more people mm -hmm. don't. So thank you. And that, that yes. helps a lot. All right. Have a great day, Robert. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa. And when we come back from this brief educational pause, I'll talk about healthcare hell for seniors, 20% of them at least. And also, unusual ways to prevent and reverse cancer. What an acknowledgement by the, well, even within the peer-reviewed medical literature, pretty extraordinary. And your questions of the day coming up as well. Share the show, robertscottbell.com slash listen. Sign up for our newsletter by texting my initials RSB to the number 22828. Pull out your phone unless you're driving. Dial 22828 in the text and then enter RSB and you'll be prompted to enter your email address and you'll get that newsletter. And we'll find out what the poll question of the day is when we come back after this, because the power to heal is yours. Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Right, yeah, I'm just relieved. I don't. I don't think I have to go anywhere this weekend. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna. Have, wow. How weird is that? It's gonna be awesome. So much going on, and we have uh, made it through a, a really. Uh, how would we say it? A, a stressful period. And I don't, I don't say it's all negative in terms of stress because stress can be also positive. You know, trying to achieve a goal or uh, get through a, an exciting time of. Uh, events that we're excited about and happy to be part of, like the Red Pill Expo last weekend, which was absolutely sensational. Uh, it wasn't that there were thousands of people there, but man, everyone, every woman that I met 
just top flight in terms of taking responsibility for their health, not being victims of all the things that are going on, not even looking for political saviors to salvage this thing. Yet at the same time, people willing and able to do what they perceive and believe it takes, and not everybody in agreement, but even to argue and engage and debate over what are the best things we can do to move forward and create a better world or a better life or a better country or a better community for ourselves and each other. That's uplifting. That's awesome. And it doesn't mean hiding from controversy. Sometimes it's diving headlong into it, including witnessing or learning of things you don't want to really know or hear about. That's the uncomfortable aspect of life too. You know, you see some of these stories and I cringe. I'm like, oh, I didn't want to know that. I don't want to see that. But we have to be mature enough to recognize there's some nasty stuff that goes on. And it's not just unique to this time. It's been going on since uh, time immemorial, as they say. But we will, uh, well, we'll engage to do better. Super Don, my brother, my humble and lovable producer. It was interesting, the, the opening of the show today. Um, with the uh, the story of Moderna and Pfizer investigating itself over, <laughs> I just find that yeah. humorous as much as it, it's a tragedy. Well, how can you not laugh? I mean, it's oh well, we're gonna we're gonna look into this now. Yes, we're gonna investigate this possible problem with our drug, our our vaccine. It, you know, it's like it, <laughs> who is that guy that did that in Congress or something or Senate years ago, maybe decades ago. Charlie Wrangle. Wrangle, right? He was Charlie Wrangle. I don't believe I've done anything morally wrong. Did you know, for, forget the fact that he had like 20 some odd uh, ethics uh, violations, yeah. uh, spending money on libraries, honoring himself. And, the, you know, it was just, it was terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, he was he was doing an interview at one point, and and he was just like, "Well, you know, uh, we're gonna find out what you know happens when I investigate myself." You know, and everybody was like, "What? Charlie Rangel's gonna investigate himself? I'm exonerated? What? I wonder how that's going to turn yeah. out." And and so, and this is no different. I mean, do you honestly think that Pfizer and Moderna are gonna? Boy, we're gonna just gonna get back to the the drawing table here, and we're gonna. Oh man, you know, it turns out our vaccine is terrible. Mm. Everybody stop taking our vaccine, please. Yeah. No, that's not going to happen. Yeah. It'll never happen. Wow. Just absurd. Now, you were accidentally played a video or something happened. I didn't know if there was a clip that I was supposed to know about. No, that I, I grabbed the wrong file, okay. and it was the one that we used when we had uh, Emord on. So oh, gotcha. it had a, All right. it had a crossfade on it. So I thought you might have found that old Charlie Wrangle thing where he said he No, was that was a while ago. I've got audio clips mm-hmm. um, of him saying things. He was... Back in the day when I was working with Laura Ingram, we, we used to grab shorts, uh, we called them, of uh, little, little audio clips of, uh, you know, politicians saying things that, you know, we could poke fun at. Mm-hmm. And I've got, I've got just like thousands of those things from 10 years ago. Yeah. Some of them may be relevant now, but I, you know, it's kind of funny um, how things come full circle yeah. and people don't realize it. You know, we, 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 the American people in general have a, a, a national case of, of Alzheimer's disease when it comes to a lot of things. Yeah. And one of those things is what people say, politicians say and do. Mm-hmm. It just seems like it just takes a few years and you just, we just completely forget everything that was said. But the people that are really paying attention and keeping track of those things, every once in a while, they'll throw a gem out there and you'd be like, holy cow, yeah. they were saying the complete opposite four years ago of what they're saying now. Well. That's how politics works, yeah. right? Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yep. 
All right. Well, thanks to all that are in here in the chat room, wherever you are watching or listening later on the podcast sites, numerous as they are, we don't know all y'all are here. Uh, sometimes we find out about you when you're in the chat room or you send a message and a question. We're going to answer some questions of the day today that have been submitted through the website at robertscottbell.com. Uh, many of you have become uh, patron supporters of us, and uh, we appreciate that. We're going to have our AMA this Saturday. Speaking of Yep. An exciting Saturday. I don't have to travel, but I get to do an AMA with you guys. We're going to be on Zoom. Super Don will be with us, and it'll be noon Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific. Uh, Saturday is the 19th, I think, coming up. And yep. for those of you who are patron supporters, you know we send out a little message, and it's also at the patron site. And I'm going to work on, with Super Don's help, because he, I keep asking him, not that he does it for me, but it's like I just am all over the place trying to figure this out. Those of you who who donated specifically outside of Patreon to, for you know us to be able to get the new uh, audio boards, audio interface boards, uh, the Rodecaster Pro 2 I have and that Superdon has, of course, Jonathan Eboard really just stepped up on the air un, unexpectedly, just said, here, let me get you one Superdon. But uh, those of you who have uh, supported us directly that way, it may not be patrons. I want to make sure I can send you a special invitation to be part of our AMA this weekend. And I thank you for that. Some of you have purchased recently the uh, the commemorative coins that we have, the Health Freedom Coins. It's a little fundraiser to help support the mission here. Uh, and you get a keepsake, a limited edition uh, coin. And it has, uh, it's beautiful. It's, it's uh, you know, without health freedom, there is no freedom. And the truth will set you free. A beautiful commemorative coin. And that way, you, you not only are you supporting our efforts, but you actually get a keepsake, something that is special and uh will always be there for you. So that's kind of cool too. So thank you for that. And and that's also in the uh, at the website. I think there's a banner Super Don has up for that that uh, beautiful silver coin. So, oh, in fact, I have one here. I, I forgot I should show you this because I brought them to the Red Pill Expo. And here it says, the truth shall set you free. And health, without health freedom, there is no freedom. I'm going to hold that up. It's a beautiful, beautiful silver coin. That is too cool. In a case and everything, yeah. And it's it's just gorgeous. So if you if you want to get that or maybe give it as a gift, again, it's a nice keepsake. And again, you feel feel good because you're supporting the message of health, freedom, and healing liberty right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. So thank you for that. Anything else uh, before I launch into uh, some of the stories this hour, Superdy? Mm, no, nah, let's just jump in. Okay, let me take a sip of tea here. Mm-mm-mm. Ah, that's refreshing. <laughs> I've got I've got to hit this story we didn't get to at the end of last hour briefly. And it says healthcare hell. One in five seniors skip paying rent, buying groceries to afford their cocktail of prescription meds. And it's sort of like I remember when my elders, you know, my parents' generations, even their parents' generation, it was a thing, you know, go out and have cocktails, whether you go out to the local bar or you did it at home. And now uh, they can't afford those because they're trying to afford a cocktail of a different kind. FDA-approved pharmaceutical drugs for which they have no deficiency. And so while this may be a sad story in, in one sense, it's sad in two senses. One, they can't afford their drugs, so they're not eating food or, I don't know, paying for rent so they can afford their drugs. But the other thing is, it's sad that they're on so many drugs. And as Melissa said last hour, even young people are put on multiple drugs, sometimes 10 or 20 even, if they have really good medical insurance. So the question is, where did we go wrong? How did we buy into the lies and deceptions of the pharmaceutical emperor to believe that what is necessary for us to survive into old age and during our elder years 
is multiple expensive patented synthetic poisons, toxic poisons that would prolong life, perhaps, but also usher in a lot of death along the way. And for those who are suffering in their elder years would simply manage and suppress symptoms, robbing you of whatever money you had left to give to your progeny, to your kids or their kids when you pass, to leave them something behind. It will all be dried up if they have their way in big pharma. And so it's a sad story for a number of different uh, reasons. You know, it's sad when anybody can't afford something. But even sadder is the belief that they need those things that are likely not indeed helping them. In fact, the reason they're on those drugs as old people is because they were on a lot of drugs as younger people. Remember, you start with one, which leads to a number of other symptoms that is met with four other drugs that leads to four to five to 10 to eight other symptoms. And it continues to cascade into our elder years. And we are wrongly of the belief that it is the drugs that are keeping us alive when it was the drugs earlier in life that made it necessary to take multiple medications later in life for which none of those medications were ever tested together. So you're a, if you're walking at all, maybe you're a bedridden experiment at that point in time. So that leads us to another interesting story at Medical Express that says, ooh, maybe we're waking up. The people who are diagnosed with cancer, according to this Medical Express article, largely want to receive access to know about and utilize what they call complementary therapies before, before receiving oncological cancer therapies, chemo, radiation, surgery, the medical monopoly. It says this, nearly two-thirds, 62% of people with cancer want to know about complementary therapies, uh, therapies such as exercise, nutrition, counseling, massage, and meditation before starting their conventional, as they call it, treatment. But guess what? Only half of that number of oncologists agree with that timeline. What does that mean? And it's interesting. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a wait. You mean the oncologists don't yeah. think, uh, or at least has, uh, well, it says 33% here. Mm -hmm. Agree with that time. In other words, the timeline they're saying is they don't agree with people trying complementary therapies before mm -hmm. trying the oncologist's right. suggestion. That sounds what, like it to me. Now, the quote here from Wayne Jonas, MD. Now, he was one of the, I think he was the first guy put in charge of the NCCAM all those years ago, the national complimentary, it was basically the, the NIH's attempt to, you know, to satisfy people like Berkeley, Bedell and others to say, Hey, we're going to investigate natural therapies. Don't you worry. We got this covered because so many were complaining at that point in time of the monopoly and the limitation on the freedom to say, Hey, there are other ways to address cancer. So they were going to do it at the NIH and it very quickly became corrupted. In fact, my mentor was an advisor to that group there. He was invited to go in and review uh, grant applications and things like that. And Wayne Jonas tried to do a good job as far as my memory is concerned. And he's now working with the uh, uh, Samueli Foundation, if I said that right, S-A-M-U-E-L-I Foundation. He says, patients want more information about their options so they can make informed decisions about their overall treatment, both traditional and complementary together. Now he's, again, executive director, Wayne Jonas, of the integrative health programs at this foundation. He says it's up to providers to engage in the, in the conversations with their patients to better understand the whole person who is coming for care and to foster treatment plans catered to individuals. Yeah, well, we're all about that, but that's not what is allowed if you're an oncologist. 
whether you agree with it or not, whether they agree with it or not, they're not typically allowed to do this. More than three quarters of oncologists said they want to learn more about the benefits of complementary therapies combined with traditional treatments. Okay, well, it's something, right? But they also cited barriers to pursuing integrative approaches, including lack of insurance reimbursement. In other words, they're not going to be paid for. Almost 50%. Well, it's not going to be paid for. We also don't have the staff to do it. And we have a misperception that patients are not interested, which we now know is not true. And it hasn't been true for a long time, much less a lack of time to fit those conversations in with patients because they got to rush in and get the chemo in their veins. They say it's like some doctors, it's like an average of five minutes per patient or something like that. Yeah, think of that. You're dealing with something, the big C word that many people perceive could end their life. And you're given five minutes to discuss, hey, hey, doc, what about this? What about that? Oh, I don't have time to talk about any of that. Plus, I don't even know any about it. It's probably just nonsense and quackery anyway. And you're putting your life in their hands and then they're ushering in a urgency to get immediately on whatever it's chemo, radiation, surgery, immediately, immediately, because if you allow that patient with a cancer diagnosis to leave the office and they begin to ask questions outside of that office, they will be more inclined to not come back to that office and find somebody who will work integratively or holistically or naturally, more naturally. They might end up at the Gerson Clinic or other places. That means the money that would have flown in, just flowed in, is gone. Remember, what's interesting about oncology within the allopathic profession, it's the one profession within modern medicine, primary profession that will profit off of the very drugs that they prescribe to you and administer to you. The oncologists get the chemo and they get it at a, you know, a wholesale price and then they mark it up thousands of percent and they get you on it fast because that's a big part of their profit making capacity. Not whether you get well or not. It's a, how well we can get you on the stuff that we make money from. More people die of the treatment for cancer than die of the cancer that they have been diagnosed with. So it's fascinating what we're seeing, you know, changes, shifts a little bit in ideas and opinions. And, um, you know, these uh, surveys can give us a little bit of insight into what's manifesting out there and why people have been trying for decades to get out of oncology and do something better, something different. What might that be? How about exercise? Oh, you didn't. Yes, I did. I said it. Move your tushies. There's a picture of a, a bunch of adults, elderly adults, exercising in this article by Study Finds. And the headline reads, cardio beats cancer? Aerobic exercise. Are you sitting down? No, you should be standing up and jumping around. Aerobic exercise can reduce risk of metastasis by over 70%. Holy tamole. There's not one cancer drug that does that nearly so well, if at all. Cardio beats cancer. 70% reduction of the risk of metastasis, which is really what kills you, not cancer itself, but its ability to grow and spread and grow and spread and grow and spread. This study was done in Tel Aviv, Israel, where my mom was born. The benefits of habitual movement are well-documented. Finding a few minutes to break a sweat can lead to a healthier body and mind. And now, researchers from Tel Aviv University report aerobic exercise can also impede cancer from spreading throughout the body. The scientists found that cardio appeared to reduce the risk of metastatic cancer by 72%. 
Anybody more inclined than a moment ago to start exercising? Those of you who have a risk for cancer in your bloodline, not that it's genetic per se, but you see enough of it in your family, you go, hmm, I wonder if that'll be me next. In addition, of course, this article didn't go into diet and other lifestyle, but exercise was key. Cardio, really moving your body. Now, my first thought, what, what first came to mind in terms of cardio is often the strengthening that occurs. And I wasn't even thinking of the heart itself. I was thinking of the connective tissue, the kind of exercise that provides movement. And that movement, even that stress and gravity, creating a strengthening process. Your muscles get stronger. Your bones get stronger. Your connective tissue is stronger. And in that context, of course, I would say there'd be a great benefit against cancer metastasis because we have to strengthen the connective tissue. Now, that's one of the strategies here in terms of our nutrient protocol or plans born of uh, our good friend, dearly departed, not a doc, Chris Barr. One of the key strategies in protecting you from dying from cancer is protecting you from metastasis. And his focus and our focus is how do we strengthen connective tissue? Exercise plays a role. Minerals like silicon or silica play a critical role. And that was a key part of our, and still is, protocol to prevent the metastasis. So silica. Now we also have access to copper. Copper playing a good role with silica and other things. To, and then the sovereign copper is a great way to go about that simply and easily uh, to strengthen connective tissue as well. But the researchers didn't go there. They primarily went a different direction. And, and by the way, they say metastatic ca uh, cancer is the leading cause of death in Israel. Responsible, uh, let's see, in the United States, it says it's responsible for up to 90% of all cancer deaths. The metastasis is what, is what you want to avoid, the danger that can kill you. So what is it that their focal point is on this exercise resulting in far less metastasis? It's the blood sugar. It's the sugar model. It's the sugar feeding the cancer model that they're going for. They talk about the ability of exercise to promote the utilization of these sugars via healthy cells, the healthy cells grabbing it for the energy because you're pushing your body, you're working your body, your cells are going, grab it, grab it, go get it, go get it, go get it. And that limits the access of those simple sugars. It limits the access of cancer cells grabbing it because your healthy cells are healthy. They're metabolically functioning properly and they're able to utilize it before the cancer cells grab a hold of it. That is my understanding of their conclusions when they talk about cardio exercise and the benefit it provides to you. Somebody doesn't know I'm on the air. So I want to now bring to your attention, if you're new to the Robert Scott Bell Show, another strategy even beyond exercise, not that I'm saying don't exercise. I did this morning. I had a great kick butt workout. I wish I had this on video. I'm going to tell you what happened to me in my workout this morning. It would have been really funny. I laughed. I don't know if anybody saw it because nobody else laughed. I was kind of bummed if I'm going to do that. It wasn't on purpose. We'll get to that in a moment. But one of the other strategies in terms of cancer remediation, much less prevention, is making sure the healthy cells have access to the simple sugars. And I don't mean by because you're eating refined carbohydrates, but just part of the process of energy access, utilization, et cetera, production involves that. And yet the problem is cancer cells tend to gravitate towards those sugars and grab them. They're obligate glucose metabolizers. 
So one of the ways strategically, nutritionally, we've talked about for years here to prevent the feeding of the cancer cells is by increasing the intake of the right form of the mineral chromium, the trace element chromium. We use a glucose tolerance factor form of chromium. Now we have the food research brand that is 100% whole food form of chromium, also with vanadium. These minerals are critical because they allow for the healthy cells utilization of energy properly, of sugars properly, and keeps that away from the cancer cells, that chromium. So if you go to choosetobehealthy.com and you look up the form of chromium they have there, it's a glucose sugar balance, I think it's called, and you'll take one capsule four times a day. Not only will it reverse type 2 diabetes over time and hypoglycemia, but in the bigger scheme of the metabolic functioning of every living healthy cell to keep you from feeding the cancer cells, the chromium molecule is like the dock worker that receives the sugar that's carried by the insulin and safely offloads it to your healthy cells or to store it in fat cells to keep it away from the cancer. And we haven't even touched on selenium yet, uh, but that you know that's why the big three, as we talked about, and in unlock the power to heal, you'll see that as you know the big three. So that's huge. Exercise, exercise, exercise. And now we come to another interesting conclusion from another study, a proposal out of London, where they don't get much of this. It's called sunlight. (laughs) Sorry, you Brits. Yes, you get some sun occasionally, but especially in the morning. According to the headline in this article, reading it, study finds basking in just 30 seconds of sunlight each morning may be the most effective way to prevent cancer. According to one doctor, at least that's interesting. I'd never heard that 30 seconds is all you need. And specifically morning sunlight. Why pray tell why a super Don has left the building. Clearly he's out there exercising now that he knows that a 72% reduction <laughs> potential metastasis. He's not sitting in his chair anymore. Are you? <clears throat> I, I, I get 30 seconds of sunlight every morning. Do you really? Yeah, I got to take the dogs out to go to the bathroom. and. Oh, okay. So maybe yeah. maybe you're covered, according to this article. Well, at least Grabbing. for the sunlight side of things. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. It doesn't say you have to be naked outside, though. I, we have to check on that. But it says grabbing just 30 seconds of sunlight every morning could slash the chances of developing most types of cancer significantly. This is early research by one of the UK's leading specialists. His name, Dr. Mohammed Munib Khan says that less than half a minute of exposure to the sun's near-infrared light between sunrise and 9 a.m. may offer a high level of protection to adults and children. More than eating 2,500 bananas or or a kilogram of Brazil nuts every day. 2,500 bananas? I don't don't remember that protocol for cancer. I just don't remember that And a kilogram of Brazil Brazil nuts, that would be selenium, right? Yeah, I think that that was interesting that that was mentioned. And I don't know if that's a true statement or story anyway. All you need is 30 seconds of sunlight exposure between sunrise and 9 a.m. I'm not opposed to that. I think it's great. I like more sunlight, but they said, I, I want to know why didn't he just throw it? I mean, why stop at 2,500? Why not just say it's better than eating 3,000 bananas or something? I don't know what that number, how they can eat 2,500 bananas per day. And that's not right. possible. Right. So here they go further. Just so you, if you want to interested in what, what he concludes, he says, absorbing it in the early morning prompts the body into releasing a flood of melatonin, 
a natural antioxidant twice as powerful as vitamin E that neutralizes toxins and prevents cancer-causing gene mutations. So it, it's not a bad conclusion if it's true. And it may be helpful. I don't know that it's better than taking, you know, adequate 100% whole food selenium, which, by the way, we get from Jonathan at choosetobehealthy.com. And by the way, you can use the discount code RSB5 to get access to all of the 100% whole food nutrients that we use and recommend here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. So if you want that and get a little bit of morning sun exposure, by all means. So Super D, when it's uh, 15 degrees outside, but the sun's coming up, make sure you expose some of that flesh without getting yep, frostbitten. 30 seconds, you can do it without getting yep. frostbitten. That's not a problem. In addition to the exercise, which I now know you are officially going to go to the Y. You've talked about it for years on the air and haven't found the time to do so. Maybe it's because of what I did at the gym today, giving you options to say no to exercise mm -hmm. at the gym. So today, Super D, one oh, of the yeah. things during, during the, one of the nine rounds, I did 11 rounds to get my pulse points today, but it was uh, uh, the round kicks, right? You know, you, you do that round kick. I don't know, it's karate kicks, whatever. So it was like rapid round, round kicks, roundhouses or whatever. Boom, one side, jump to the other. Three on one side, three on the other. Two on one side, two on the other. And, and one of the ones where I was throwing my right foot up high, and it was like, I can kick high. I could never do this. So I'm still amazed when I do this. It was three rapid roundhouses, so to speak. And he's holding the pads, so I'm not hurting him. Kicking hard. He was like, whoa, dude, fast end. Wow. And I'm impressing myself. And on the third kick, my back leg, which is the leg that supports you, just went right out from under me. And I went, whoo, boom, flat on my back. <laughs> and I just went, whoo. It was like, because I didn't get hurt. It was awesome. It was padded. But anyway, it was one of those moments where I wish people were watching because it was like, I was laughing hysterically at myself for doing that. I was getting so excited and enthusiastic about those round kicks that I forgot. You you got to keep that back leg planted or it'll slide right out as you throw mm -hmm. that other, your weight around. And I did, boom, down. But nobody laughed. So I think nobody was paying attention. So I got to tell the story here and now make a good excuse for Super Don to go, that's why I don't want to exercise. No, actually, I've done, it's funny. It, it, I just had a memory of a time mm -hmm. years ago. I was still, I was still a teen. and. Uh, was at a friend's house and they had, it was something was hanging from like a porch on it, like on a string. And, and I thought I was going to be cool and impress this girl that I was with. And I was going to sure I could kick that. It was, you know, and it was like straight up in the air and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm not a, I don't kick. I don't, you know, whatever like that. But in my mind, I thought, Oh yeah, I'll just do that. You know? So I, I tried to do like a straight kick, like straight mm -hmm. up in the air to kick it. And it's, it, it pulled my leg out from underneath me. And I, Let's just say I didn't impress anybody. Uh, <laughs> well, you have that memory. I, like, I oh, have, that's how the body works. Okay. I guess you can't do that, but I have a I'll, memory. Unless um, you're Bruce Lee or something. No, elementary school. I think we were maybe middle school or high school. I don't remember what it was going to a friend's house and we put on the pads and started sparring. And I had no idea how to do it. And it's like this guy that was really tall, much bigger than me, just took a wide swing. I didn't see coming. Boom. Knocked me right out. Mm. I was out. I mean, I came back not long, but it was just, you know, the things we do, the things we do. What is it about teenagers? They think they're all like, like ninjas and oh, stuff. Dude, we were jumping. Oh, I used to do that all the time too. Doing dangerous stuff. So yeah. well, somehow we survived. Most of us in Gen X survived. Oh my gosh. Let's we're see better, what we got here. Better, better for it. Gretel mentions in the chat room. Hey everyone. I got my 87 year old dad, Pappy here besides me listening today. He was a farmer. So he says, of course, the morning sun is good for you. Oh, Shout out well, to Pappy. You know. 
the farmer. We need more of you, and we need you to farmer teach Pappy. everybody about the wisdom of our elders to do that. That's wonderful. Nutritional Frontiers, what are their monthly specials? I want to give a shout out to our friends at Nutritional Frontiers. They do amazing products, validated everything. There you got Immunity Solutions, 15% off for the month of November. And you can use the RSV15 code at nutritionalfrontiers.com to get an additional 15% off. If you if you have a question about any of the things you see here on this uh, slide that Superdon's showing, you can call them at 412-922-2566, 412-922-2566 to order. Mention the Robert Scott Bell Show, that RSB15 code. According to Jamie Dorley, you can double dip on their discounts. When they have sales, you get to benefit even more because you're part of the Robert Scott Bell Show family, including their wonderful certified organic U.S.-grown hemp CBD products, the innovative transdermal product, which is out of this world so amazing, their hemp boost, which super activates the CBD, the hemp, into the body, and their various uh, tinctures, if you will call them that, the extracts, super critical, no hexane, no toxins. As I said, they don't even run diesel tractors through the fields to harvest. All done by hand, certified organic, clean as can be. And you can go to cbdnf.com as well. If you haven't done that already, that'll direct you there. And you can use the code RSB15 to get the, the best deals on all of the wonderful things we use from Nutritional Frontiers. All right, Super D, what else we got going on in the chat room or elsewhere? Uh, let's see here. What do we got going on in the chat room? I saw some questions earlier about, I think, parasites. I think this was in the, uh, some people are watching us on Facebook, which still amazes me that, you know, we have been banned off and on by that. Uh, <laughs> Don't jinx us now, but I'm I agree with you. But I yeah, right you. now, you, many people are watching us. Shout out to our friend Dawn as well, who's here regularly, which is nice. Uh, Connie says, help with candida and parasites diagnosed by hair analysis. All right. Well, you know, the silver aloe protocol, the gut recovery protocol that you find in the book, Unlock the Power to Heal. It's been there forever. And it is just one of those things that is the simplest, most direct methods, a method in, in terms of uh, neutralizing the yeast overgrowth in the gut. Silver aloe combination. We use the bioactive silver hydrosol, preferably either the sovereign silver or the Argentin 23 mixed with organic aloe. My favorite is the Stockton Aloe One variety. If you go to Aloe One, onecom it's like you harvested it yourself. It's fresh, frozen. And if you can't do that for any reason, just make sure you get an organic, pure, cleanest, least preserved form of aloe to help carry the silver past the stomach into the small intestine, large intestine, and colon three times a day on an empty stomach. Pre-probiotic replenishment at night if you'd like. Two weeks is, is, is minimal, but it's really, if it's just yeast issue, it's that. But if it's parasites... Now we have the added benefit that we didn't have initially. Silver can starve out the parasites by eradicating much of their food supply, which is primarily bacterial. But with the bioactive copper hydrosol, the sovereign copper, copper is one of nature's most powerful anti-parasitic agents. So including that in the silver, now copper aloe gut recovery protocol, I believe who was asking that Connie could address both in one fell swoop doing that protocol with the silver and the copper. That could be really profound. So hopefully that's helpful. And by the way, if you want to see the chapter on the Silver Aloe Gut Recovery Protocol, we have that available for free at robertscottbell.com. So if you don't want to get the whole book and buy it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble online, then just come to the uh, robertscottbell.com. Go to the bottom of the screen. You know, go scroll down, scroll down, scroll down. Eventually you'll find a PDF link, Silver Aloe Protocol. Boom, the whole chapter pops up for you. And that'll help you, Connie, get where you need to go. 
Shout out to Lori. Hey, Lori and Leslie uh, watching on Facebook today as well. For those of you who are in our chat room, you're at robertscottbell.com. And I think there are other chats. I don't know what, what we see on these other digital platforms that carry us live as well. But hopefully that's helpful. We get the occasional uh, uh, message on Rumble. Rumble has a chat. Rumble, okay. Yeah, and Rumble, again, that seems to be the replacement for YouTube now for yeah, the most part. We got part. people on Rumble watching right now. Really? Live on Rumble? How cool is that? Live and remember, the, on the Thrive Time show, Rumble, um, they have their uh, version, if you will, or their... The Thrive, Thrive Time show is the name of the uh, the Rumble channel. Yeah, so if you want to see my lecture at the Reawaken American Tour... You know, but the more people that click and watch it there, the more maybe Clay would go, hey, man, they really liked him. And let's invite him back to the Nashville event or another event. It's okay if they don't. I'm not going to be butthurt. I promise. <laughs> I know it's a different audience, but they seem to respond. I had a lot of kind words that, and a lot of people were very receptive and, and grateful for what I was able to share with them on their health challenges. All of the things that we're dealing with in the midst of a lot of political disasters economic disasters, and et cetera. There it is. Uh, you do not have a drug deficiency, surviving pandemics without government medicine. That was at the Great uh, Reawakening versus the Great Reset edition at uh, Branson, Missouri. 400 views. Ago. Yeah, that's not bad. I don't know, not though. Uh, probably some of their, their views go viral into the thousands, I'm imagining. 400 and I views, know. and you've got 38 rumbles. That's that's basically your next, likes. Your next question, right? oh, okay. I was going yeah, to be like, what's a rumble? Yeah. What? Yeah, I read that. A rumble is right. a like, basically. So if oh. you go there, give it a like, give it a listen, uh, up those numbers, and uh, you know maybe again that if if that's part of the parameters to say, should we invite them back again? I don't know, but I I sincerely and thoroughly enjoyed everybody that I met there. It was pretty intense. Well, all right, no, know, this is the Thrive Time Show channel here. Yeah, I just want to try and make you feel better here. Okay, okay. I'm looking at some of these other videos here. You, know, you got 199 views, 276 views. 243 views. Hey, we're not doing so bad. Eh, 400's not too shabby, really, okay. for the channel. Did I see Sherry Tenpenny in there? Oh, you probably there, did. buddy, Dr. Jason Dean's got over 400, too, which I'm glad about. Jason yeah. Dean. Sherry Tenpenny there. She's got 261. Yeah. See? See? Not right. too bad. Not too bad. How did Dr. Stella do? She's a fireball. Stella Emanuel. Stella Emanuel. Was she on there, too? Let yeah, me see. she's on that list, too. Let's and see I here. saw Lori Gregory, who we love and appreciate there as well. Tell Emmanuel, where is she? All right, there. Uh, 266. Wow. All right. Wow. Lori Gregory, there she's on that list. I'm sorry. I'm just, now you've got oh, me all distracted it. by seeing this. I'm like, this is kind of cool. Now, let's see here. And here's us now. You want to hear, we want to see something weird? Check what? this out. Check this That's out. our show live right now. Is that what you're saying? We're live right now. So I'm just going to show here. And, and if you're watching on Rumble right now, this yeah. is your opportunity to be seen. Yeah. Um, you should put something in the chat. Well, actually, I'm not logged in, so you can't see the chat room. But yeah. There we are. There we are. Ah, how about that? Well, good on Rumble for uh, having a viable replacement for YouTube. Hope may it last. May it last. I like it. I do. Yeah. I do. It's a good interface. And, and we got a lot more and more people are subscribing there. to our channel every day, and we appreciate mm -hmm. that. Yeah. All right. Well, let me go here. Let me get my second hour. My uh, my notes. This is my show clock, by the way. For those of you who want to see the notes going into the show, I always kind of. Super, we're radio guys, so we see things like a clock, right? Even though that we don't have a, technically a clock, although we we do honor our friends at UK Health Radio because they they run an hourly clock, and so we kind of have the ideas of what we want to cover. So I've already covered the cancer stories, which were amazing. Cardio, um, uh, the basking in the sunshine for thirty seconds in the morning. 
There are, there's another story here about 14 natural alternative to antibiotics, but I think maybe we should do the questions of the day. I don't want to uh, miss them because one of them I missed yesterday, uh, which was interesting. Uh, so we'll do yesterday's bit. first. Yeah, let's do that. If you can hit, let's, let's we'll see. Okay. So yeah, was yesterday's the one uh, from Tracy? That's the one you yes. got? Yep. Okay. So Tracy says, I heard you for the first time on the Reawaken America tour. I've been reading your Unlock the Power to Heal book. And when I saw side effects of prednisone, it made me think of my now 30-year-old son, Ryan. He was born with congenital adrenal hyperplasia, uh, as was my firstborn son. They were both put on uh, Cortef and Florinef at birth to suppress their growth from happening too quickly. My oldest almost died until a pediatric endocrinologist figured out what was wrong. Several years ago, Ryan was put on prednisone, probably 10 years ago, because the Cortef was no longer working as well as it should have. He is still on it and having many intestinal issues. We did find out that he had issues with gluten several years ago, and he is good about watching his diet. I had him question his endocrinologist about the prednisone because I thought you were only supposed to be on that for a short time. Could this be the problem? Well, yeah, you're on to something there, Tracy. Do you have any advice for us? Well, Tracy, I don't give advice. I just, you know, share information. <laughs> you guys can take it or leave it. Orion, his, uh, her son told her she he is taking 2.5 milligrams of prednisone twice a day and 0.1 milligram of fludracortisone, fludracortisone two times a day. And he's about five foot seven and weighs 170 pounds. All right, Tracy. Well, you're dealing with, uh, you know, endocrine issues, right? The adrenals sitting on top of the kidneys. And why that happened, of course, we could speculate dietarily, you know, from the standpoint of, of Tracy, you know, what you didn't know going into having children and how it manifested in terms of uh, what they might call birth defects or, or, or illnesses in childhood. And this was not to blame, lay blame on you, Tracy. This is just, you know, the facts we're, we're trying to deal with. How do we have children that are born already not well? Like me, you know, I was born with chronic illnesses. And that is because we didn't know what we were doing in the 20th century. We adopted modern medicine as a religion. We followed what the doctor said, no matter what, even though if it made no sense, even though if it poisoned us, as it turned out to be the third leading cause of death. So if you are on chronic prednisone, you have a chronic immune suppression, a drug-induced immune suppression. You also have attacks, weakening of the connective tissue of the body. That includes the intestinal tract where you are utilizing that epithelial and endothelial, all of that, the barrier to protect from that which shouldn't get in and to only allow that which should get in via the process of digestion, utilizing pH, utilizing a microbiome, utilizing, you know, all kinds of the enzymes, all of that. And it's corrupting the integrity of the connective tissue. So to integrate the things that would shore up connective tissue on someone with chronic prednisone use, would involve some of the things I've already mentioned in the show today. Silicon, silica, alta silica, we get from Jonathan, choose to be healthy.com and copper, the bioactive copper, along with selenium and of course, magnesium and different minerals. So we talk about replenishing the minerals. The minerals have to be in food form or the form like we have here in the bioactive copper that are already digested. In other words, they don't require digestion. They're already in the form that your body uses. So it's not even relying on the digestive process for absorption and utilization in an immediate fashion. In terms of uh, endocrine function or let's say adrenal function, very often homeopaths will utilize the what we call the um, 
Sometimes they're called sarcodes, but basically organos, sometimes they're called. You could take the organs themselves, not yours, but from others, and not from, could that, how would I explain this? You got to read the Materia Medica and understand how these are made, the pharmacopoeia. But you can take actual tissue from an adre adrenal tissue, even from an animal, and convert it into homeopathic form and facilitate the nourishment, if you will, or the correction of the adrenal glands to some degree. And I'm not saying that's the only thing because there are a lot of minerals and other things. There are adaptogens that can help. And there are some people that will actually take supplements of the dried or desiccated adrenal glands from an you know, animal, preferably grass-fed, that kind of thing, that can nourish and support potentially a recovery of some of the function. But it would require that your son or sons look to more integrative, natural or naturopathic approaches that look at what has ever happened here and realize that the utilization of cortisone is to suppress the immune response, to reduce tissue inflammation, but it's also damaging and weakening the liver, which is not good for the kidneys or any other organ or system of the body. So additional selenium, additional support for the liver and the kidneys and the lymph is also very important here. But if you want to reduce inflammation, if the if the primary focus, and again, I'm not saying what it is here because I'm not your son's doctor. I don't know them. I'm not talking with them and working with them. But let's just say they say, this is the reason why we want them on prednisone. We want to suppress function. We want to suppress immune response and inflammation. Then we say strategically, what else could we use? Botanically, homeopathically, herbally, essential fatty. You know, What can we do to suppress, not by poisoning the body, but by reducing the reason the inflammation and immune response is happening. Hmm? Think about that. It's a better question, isn't it? And if the doctors you have or he has right now don't answer that question adequately or at all, dare I say find another doctor or find a way to do it yourself. All right, Tracy, I hope that's helpful to you. Thank you for uh, connecting on the Reawaken America Tour. Thank you again to Clay Clark for inviting me. It was so gracious of him. And I, I really love and appreciate him for all that he's doing. Very, very nice man. So let's go to Gretel's question of the day. Hey, RSB and Super D. Could you talk about MCT, medium chain triglycerides? I've recently learned that they are great for your health. And could you tie this into why statins are bad for you? My 87 year old dad's doctor still wants him to take them. He's been on He's been on them for four decades. Holy tamole. I thought, Pappy, you were a farmer and you knew better. This is not me berating my elders. I, I'm tongue in cheek a little bit, but good Lord, you don't have a cholesterol lowering drug deficiency. Um, thank you guys. Always love your show, Gretel. Well, thank you, Gretel. And thank you to, uh, for your dad to be listening today. And with all respect that I give to my elders, the statin drugs. Gosh, darn it. I'm going to say it. They're stupid. Ugh, they're stupid. There's no reason for a statin drug. The statin drugs, all they do is poison your liver. As mentioned by our guest in the first hour, Melissa, the nurse, they reduce coenzyme Q10. They, they, they actually reduce uh, mitochondrial production of ATP. So energy is lost. They can precipitate congestive heart failure. And I, and I think uh, your, your, uh, your dad is alive because of the good things he's done, despite the things the doctors have done to him like statins. Now, when we talk about fats, we need fat. In fact, the farmers that I know know that butter is awesome, carries a lot of great things, vitamin E and other things in a natural state. Retinol, the vitamin A's, all of that stuff. 
Of course, many of those farmers know that eating liver is one of the best ways to get key minerals like copper in you. Although if you're going to factory farmed animals and eating their liver, probably not a good idea, but grass fed. And that would be helpful. But the idea that a statin drug is helpful in any way, shape or form. In fact, it precipitates losing your mind. As I mentioned, neurological brain health dependent upon guess what? Fats, essential fats and saturated fats. And yes, even medium, medium chain triglycerides, the MCTs like from coconut oil are really profound and powerful and great sources of energy. They're easily utilized. They don't, uh, let's say, uh, put too much so-called fat into the system for those that are worried about getting or consuming too much fat. I'm not fat phobic, but there are people that are. And the MCTs don't tend to add to that burden in any way. They're very rapidly utilized as far as fat goes as sources of energy, MCTs. So it's good for brain health, right? Energy production. And you know the brain needs a lot of energy too, much less the heart. So I would highly recommend if you're not doing MCTs and coconut oil, I like, I love coconut oil. Whether you're doing it as a specialized MCT or as it's just part of it, uh, that's a good fat as well. Even though, yes, it's saturated, but saturated fat is not the cause of cardiovascular disease either. We've been lied to about that. And if you're cooking, I wouldn't say cooking MCTs, but in saturated fats in, in total, ghee, clarified butter, butter, coconut oil, very resilient to heat. So it doesn't break down and create problems later. All right, Super D, anything to add to that? Any other questions, comments coming in from the chat room as we're clipping along today pretty well? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. Oh, yeah, and Stephen, you bring up caprylic acid. And, yeah, there, there are forms of acids that are very good as well to address yeast overgrowth, interestingly enough. Caprylic acid for, the, for those that are dealing with uh, GI issues. The MCT oil is very good for the gut. And the caprylic acid is also another adjunct in terms of neutralizing the overgrowth, opportunistic overgrowth of things like yeast as well. So nicely done. I remember MCTs back when I, when I used to, used to train. That train, yeah. Very big deal because energy, it was yeah. burst of yeah. energy. It was. So Gretel, did I, did I annoy or upset or insult Pappy? It wasn't my intention to do so. Why would you have insulted him? You complimented him. Well, I'm hoping so, but he's been on a statin drug and I called statin drug stupid, but it's oh. not his fault. The oh. doctors did that and he listened and believed the doctors. And I've yeah. if anything, you messed up, you trusted the doctors. That's true of all of us. Not saying they didn't mean well, that's not what I'm saying. could be perfectly nice. You want to go golfing with them, whatever, but don't let them poison you. Don't let them poison your brain, your nervous system, your liver, your heart, all of that stuff. That's all I'm saying. Okay. We got a few more minutes to wrap up. I know there's a, a story about 14 natural uh, options instead of antibiotics. People can go and read that. It's yeah, in the go show read note. that. And of course, you know, my kids have never had antibiotics. They've never been vaccinated. And in large part, when we when we deal just briefly with infections, silver has been our go-to, the bioactive silver hydrosol, along with key remedies, whether it be homeopathic phosphorus for fever or homeopathic keeper sulfur calcarium for abscesses and infections like that that have a pus kind of uh, move to a head. There's also various immunomodulating herbal agents. I, I can't go into it all, but y'all check that out. And we're going to wrap up on something that Super Don is, he's poisoning me with this. I am this not. This is a story. To, I am know, not. I need to challenge you once in a while. With this. Once in a while, I challenge you. I Why challenge would you, you make, it's like trying to make me agree with CNN. Why would you do this? 
because you know, I just it goes with what it what my philosophy is is that you know you just you look at everything and make make up your own mind as to whether it's uh, newsworthy or not. Mm-hmm. In this case, I I found something that I I think it's going to you just you're not going to have a choice. Yeah, you're going to have to agree with the American Medical Association on this. I do. I know. I I agree with them. Seriously. This is just horrible. This is not a good way to end the show. I have to agree with the AMA. I mean, let's give it a shot here. All right. The American Medical Association is saying Mm -hmm. uh, they're recommending the permanent use of standard time as opposed to what Congress tried to do. Mm -hmm. They tried to get it so that we would stay on daylight savings time, but the American Medical Association is saying that, nope, not a good idea. It's actually not good for your health to stay on daylight savings time. The, The proper... Uh, a way to do this is to go on standard time. Now, wouldn't you mm-hmm. agree with them? Dang, damn it. Do I have to say? Well, yeah, you don't have to. Yes. But. No, I agree with them. Dang, damn okay. it. Why'd you make me do that? Now you, I lost all my street credibility. Agreeing no, with the AMA. Shows you're a critical thinker. That's all. <sighs> all right. All right. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. This we, is a good idea. It's been a good idea for a long time. People have asked about this and, can, you know, been one to try and get this changed for a long time. I don't know right. what the holdup is. You know what? If you want more daylight in the summer, just get up earlier. Just get up earlier. <laughs> yeah, and but then that means less sleep, and you need good sleep in order to be healthy, right? Yeah, but okay. All right. I don't know what more to say. By the way, uh, as far as the statin drug situation, I, I see the the comment from uh, Gretel. He said it, her father says, throw those things out. <laughs> um, that's one of the drugs, interestingly enough, as we wrap up here that you can just throw out. It's like, there are a lot of drugs that you got to go taper titrate down to be safe. Statin drugs are not one of those. And for those of you who are worried about cholesterol, remember it's the ratio issue. Get on the hundred percent whole food form of chromium that we use the food research brand now available through Jonathan at choose to be healthy.com at least one capsule three times a day. If you're dealing with cancer or diabetes four times a day, but in terms of uh, impact on cholesterol, you will elevate HDL, the high-density lipoproteins. I say, oh, that's the ratio you want, more HDL to LDL. Okay, so you can satisfy the doctor. Look, doc, my ratios are great. I don't care that they're high. Leave me alone. The chromium can help you get there. So Gretel, get your dad on the Food Research Chromium, one capsule, three times daily at this point. That would be awesome. All right, any other announcements before we break and then come, come back to, oh, you know what we didn't do yesterday? Hmm. I, I said we were going, and I got distracted because my buddy Jason, remember, he was typing me all this woke stuff and yes. getting annoyed. Um, the trailer for the, the trailer, uh, thing, the, yeah. The documentary film, Safe and Effective, Utah Safe and Effective. So when we come back, if I don't forget, if Super Don doesn't let me forget, throwing him under the bus <laughs> if he does, we're going to play that trailer if we can as well. Uh, all right, and we can do that. any more of your questions and integrate with your comments and remind you that our AMA is coming up for patron supporters and those that donated to help us get the equipment that we have now to upgrade our audio interface and travel interface. So thank you for that. And uh, thank you as well to Melissa in our first hour, the Nurse Freedom Net- Network. Shout out as well to Kimberly Overton and all y'all for being here and sharing the show. God bless you. Love you. The power to heal is yours. Okay, I'm just looking at some of the comments. Leslie says DLS is a bunch of malarkey. What is it? 
Did I miss daylight savings time? I think is what she's. Oh, thank you. Yes, daylight savings. Thank you, Leslie. Yeah, it is. And you're a farm. You're a farm girl now, and you know. So it was like all the farmers going. Really? Did we need to? Add? No, we didn't. Just roll with the changes. Roll with the expanded daylight in the summer. That's how we've done it for eons until they. Well, let's let's add an hour to the day. How are we going to do that? We'll just move the clock back. Four ahead. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And I suppose it served a purpose at one time, but it's been so long. Is it that was know what purpose it served? I don't. Well, I had to had to do with the farmers need giving them more time to be in the field to, for harvest and stuff. But as they whatever. said, all they needed I mean, to do was get up an hour earlier. You didn't need. To I know, but it was it was dark. So, but you know, if they they got up, you know, or actually, I guess it added more daylight at the end of the day. So right. Right. So, I mean, I, I suppose it sort of made sense at the time, if that's yeah. what they were trying to do. Yeah. Of course, Leslie makes a good point there, I suppose. This is kind what of is logic, right? They work they, from sunup to sundown anyway. Exactly. Anyway. It's so, like, this is never about the farmers. I don't know. This is, a, this is messing with people, messing with their minds, messing with their clocks. It's like, and, and this is where you, you annoyed me, but you're right. We had to agree with the AMA on one thing. Just I, let's just do it because you know, I mean it's it's just it. even scientists has proven at this point, yeah, that it has a negative effect on people's health doing yeah. that whole thing, changing back and forth and stuff, and it sucks. And you know what? If you want more daylight in the summertime, just keep going north. Well, that's a little hard to do. North, it's never, the sun's not going to set. There you go. You, you you'd have to be like in a jet or something like that to keep up with the sun. What are you talking about? What you, no, it's like you can like start running and, and like. No, 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 no. You don't, you're not missing. You're missing my point. What do you mean like move north? Just go due north. The further north you are, northern hemisphere during the summer. Actually, actually. The the day, you know so. what I want to do? It's on my bucket list. What is it? I would love to go to wherever that is that people go. Is it in Alaska or something like yeah. that? Where at a certain time of the year, it's like daylight, like like yeah. 24 hours a day. You can go to Norway, Norway. I do want to go up to Norway, Norway, Norway in the fjords and you can see that too, far enough up. It's beautiful. It looks beautiful up the there. The Arctic Circle um, up there. But yeah, I, I, I've always thought it would be kind of cool to go to that place where it's, you know, it's just, it's just daylight all. The land of the midnight sun. Yeah, exactly. Wow. That'd be Very a cool. neat pocket list for Super Don. Anybody going up there? You want to have them tag along? Let us know. We'll, we'll put put them in your suitcase in your luggage. How about that? That'd be a little uncomfortable. <laughs> it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! I, I, today's show is really good, even though yeah. I started a little bit awkwardly. But uh, man, I was dealing with stupid phone stuff beforehand. It's like this you know, we're so reliant on this, these technologies and then you run out of room in it and then your phone doesn't work to do basic things in communication. I'm like, dude, we become so reliant oh, so on you, What was that? You just, you'd used up all your memory in your phone? Yeah, and I'm trying to offload dude, the picture. I could have helped you with that. No, and this was, I had to actually go to customer care or whatever to help me to get, and I had to delete a bunch of apps just yeah. to get there. And then- Did they have you clear your memory cache uh, on the phone as well? No. But they wanted that'll, to that'll cash wipe out the help, but that's a different story. No. But, but no, no, they didn't. But I think I've got it done. So, but it was it was one thing after every day. It's like my wife and I were talking about this. Man, it's been just the whirlwind of the travel trips. People here, people there. And we're like, can we have some me time? Can I have some me time now? You ever get to those points? Ah, yeah, I do. For so sure. we hit that yesterday, and and you know I'm just trying to recover from it and catch up. I still got loads of phone calls that I'm way behind on. 
and slowly but steadily we'll catch up. But I, I needed the basic technology to work too. So I had to work through things to go, I, I need to do that. And I see that, but I can't do that until I do this, this, and this. Nobody's ever felt that. I'm the only one. I know I'm complaining, whining, bring out the violin there, Super D. <laughs> there it goes. Very good. I've earned that. Yes. Propaganda exposed, uh, uncensored, still going on. I think uh, it's going on for a couple of more days today and tomorrow, in fact. And so if you haven't watched the nine-part docu-series, it's amazing. Every day they've added new information, new interviews from the previous version in 2022 that they aired earlier in the year. And hopefully, they usually do, if the pattern holds, they'll do a replay weekend where you can catch all nine episodes and then you can buy it to support the uh, the mission there. Uh, so check that out, Propaganda Exposed Uncensored. Do we have any other uh, online or other events we're promoting that you're sending out email alerts uh, on? Um, you know, I got to start sending some out. Um, I've been so focused on other stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, there's stuff. If you go over to the uh upcoming events there's a few in there and mm-hmm. there's new ones coming up all the time let me take a quick look here mm-hmm. let's see what we got how about uh i think this is ongoing here so you've got the root causes rapid results event that started a couple of days ago it's going through the 10th but you can still sign up for that you've got mm-hmm. the regenerate yourself master class starts uh on the 28th of this month and goes through december 4th Mm-hmm. There's the Homegrown Food Summit uh, put on by Marjorie Wildcraft and a bunch of gardening experts that will be going from December 2nd through uh, December 4th. Mm-hmm. The Living Your Best Life Autoimmunity Summit uh, will be December 5th through 11th. And then I threw this in here. I found this today yeah. when we were talking with our guest about the American Health and Freedom Summit Expo, which you will be at in Orlando, Florida. Oh, they January got me on 10th. it. Yes. Beautiful. There you are. That's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to being there. And my son's going to come with me on that trip. That's the plan. And he wants to, you know, go back to the old stomping grounds since we lived there a while ago. Uh, so uh, that's going to be fun. Well, look forward to that. Yeah. So that's that's what I've got so far. All right. So you wanted to uh, uh, take oh, a minute wait, here. No, yes, I do. I want, but another gym story real quick. A gym story. One of my okay. workout buddies, uh, she... Um, She's just a sweetheart. I, I mentioned her before talking about the, you know, the challenges of the week. She's, a, she's tenacious. She's, she says she's 39. She just works out all the time. And she's also doing boxing as well as the kickboxing. So she's really fit and doing some great things. But, you know, I noticed that even in, in the, um, today there was a, they call round eight. Round eight is the speed bag, right? And it's a mix of things. And the challenge of the week this week was the speed bag one, two, three, four, five. That counts as one. One, two, three, four, five. In other words, hit with one hand for five, hit with the other. Each one time you do five, that's one and count it up. So I said, here's how you do it. You count one, two, three, four, one, one, two, three, four, two, one, two. And so, because she lost count the first time. So she did it again and she beat me by, I think, two or three reps, so to speak. And she was off, but she was in the red zone. I'm like, dude, to do that and be in the red zone, there's something wrong with the circulatory system because she's, She's in fit. She's fit. She's in shape. And then she says to me, she says, yeah, I need some help. Uh, I, you know, I'm getting this tingling. I, I don't feel like that. My doctor says I ha- I am anemic and I need iron and I've been taking iron supplements and I'm not getting any better. I'm like, dude, this is classic copper. case of doctors yeah. not reading it right. You're copper deficient. You're taking iron and you're not getting any different. Get on the copper. So she's going to, she says anyway, she's going to do the copper hydrosol, the sovereign copper. And I told her, try three tablespoons a day for at least a couple of weeks and report back to me. And I want to see her 
uh, more efficient. And then I said, and get on cardio miracle. And she says, you know, I, I'm open to it, but I want to do the copper first. She said, I was like, I respect that. But it's, a, it's also a daunting thing for me to recommend cardio miracle to someone like that. Because if she goes on cardio miracle, I may never win a challenge of the week. <laughs> but I joke with, her. I told her that I'm like, mm-hmm. well, look, it was sort of an incentive for her. I'm like, if you want to whoop me every week, <laughs> you just get on the cardio miracle. You'll see what happens. Cause you're already incredibly fit. So again, it was just an interesting story and aside that I wanted to share with you. Another classic case of the doctors going, you're anemic, here's some iron. And it's not changing anything. It's not helping. She's still having the symptoms. So uh, we'll, I'll report back to you on, on what happens from there. Uh, so there, now take over you hoser. Cause you, you are remembering something I forgot yesterday after. Well, you reminded me, so you yeah. get the credit. So, um, this is a trailer, uh, from what's the name of it again? Utah, Utah safe and effective, yeah. safe and effective. It's about four minutes long. And this is yeah. a trailer for the documentary. When's the documentary coming out? Uh, sometime this fall, they're working on finalizing it. And, uh, it's, uh, well, it, it's not only addressing those who have been injured by the jab, but also proffering some possible options for recovery and remediation. And none of the documentaries I've seen thus far have really focused at all on that. So I think this will be unique in that way. Uh, and even though it's titled Utah Safe and Effective, you can utilize it anywhere, I believe, and contact your legislators, have them see it and, and witness it so they know this is not just made up. These are real people getting harmed. Uh, so um, this is what, about a four-minute trailer? About four minutes long. Yep. Yeah, so we'll check. come back and talk about it afterwards before we wrap up today in the bonus round of the Robert Scott Bell Show. So thank you for being here. Go ahead, Super D. I just want this pandemic over. Let's just do this. Let's go for it. My name is Robert Scott Bell, and I'll be hosting you on this journey as we look into whether this vaccine is really safe and effective. I went on stage, no fear. I have no fear of of the stage and blank. Uh, The microphone is in front of me. They asked me to say something. I can't, I just went blank. Not right after, but I think within two weeks of uh, the shot, I started to grow a lymph node started to grow on my neck. And so the lymph node actually ended up growing to the size of a golf ball. So I started losing my hair and I have quite a big patch here. Um, This was in the fall time that he began having these symptoms and he passed away before Christmas. He had two grandchildren, never met his third. Actually, at one point, when I was feeling this crummy, I hooked myself up to the EKG and saw every time I felt horrible what was going on. And what was actually going on was that I would have what they call PVCs or an irregular beat backfiring back to back. So I'd have a normal rhythm and then it would go boom, 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 when I was feeling crummy and feeling that.
feel short of breath. I'm anxious. I can't sleep. My vision's blurry. I can't stop shaking. And I just barely received my first dose of uh, Moderna vaccine. <laughs> what is going on? Insisted that I was a high candidate for bipolar. Had you ever been diagnosed no, with bipolar? just out of nowhere, I was a, a candidate for so bipolar. I've been there for close to five years, and I was there at the very beginning of COVID. There was lots of talk about mRNA, and what a lot of them said was, we don't really know. That was the census is that we don't know. We're just being told, and this is what we're, you know, this is what we're being told. So because we're being told this, mm. this is going to save us. The reason why I got the shot um, with everyone health, and I believe a lot of our, the healthcare workers did, is because the media made it so scary for everyone that we thought this was our saving grace. So you would agree this shouldn't be a political issue? No. Germs don't care. I mean, adverse effects, they didn't check with my political views before they gave me these side effects. The way I look at it is, They've caused us to stop living to save our lives. And I just hate that feeling. If you want to learn more, go to healthindependencealliance.com about this documentary. I'm sure, Super Don, you, you may have uh, linked it yesterday in the notes where to watch it, but uh, we can drop it in the chat room if you want uh, for those to uh, see where this is all. And it, again, many people are producing documentaries that are fantastic works. And, uh, you know, what is it going to reach the folks, particularly those hardened hearts within the legislatures, the Senate, the governors, etc.? that don't believe this is happening or are paid heavily not to look at it. Can we, you know, rub this in their face, these people that are genuinely harmed and they're coming from all political backgrounds. That's the point of this. It was like a lot of hardcore Democrat leftists that believed in it totally that were harmed and now are abandoned or worse, you know, told that they're horrible people. They should be canceled simply for doing what they thought was right because they were convinced by getting the jab, they would end this thing and we could all get back to, you know, normal so to speak so yeah good 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 work for the health independence alliance to put this together so thank you for that all right what else we got as we wrap up today am i doing i think i'm doing somebody else's podcast today i don't know if it's a pre-record or a live thing um Kevin, well let's take a look at the calendar here real quick yeah uh let's see yeah you're right you are doing something today after let me see here it is at uh 245 so about a half an hour from now is it a live event or is it a pre-record do you know and you are uh doing a, a an interview i don't know if it's yeah. recorded or live it's for a podcast with jason davis okay so 
All right. So we got to wrap this up so I can get a break here. Yep. All Maybe right. My, my, my phone will work and we'll carry on. <laughs> so what do we got right. on tomorrow? Good show today. Anyway, thank you very much, everybody for being here. And let's see thank tomorrow. you for, uh, to Melissa Schreibfetter. Thank you to Melissa for being on board today as well. All right. So tomorrow, uh, tomorrow is Thursday. So we should have you more in hour one, um, talking about, gosh, I mean, this will be our, our chance to talk to him about the red wave that, that wasn't. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then in hour two, we'll have Jen Jacobson, Jen J Jacobson, uh, has a website called beloved cheesecakes.com. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I will be here tomorrow for hour yeah. two, especially. You decided to show up for that? <laughs> that's that's my weak spot. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of cheese, and I know you are too. Oh You've yeah, had the, the organic cheesecake. Oh your, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Jen Jacobson, she owns a small uh, business in Silverton, Oregon, mm -hmm. and the story behind that is that back when they were doing mandates and lockdowns and all that stuff like that, she was one of those businesses that did not comply. Mm -hmm. And so we'll bring her on to talk about that and maybe see if, if we'll get her to send me a cheesecake. Okay. <laughs> That'll be awesome. I got to remind you, the last time we had somebody that was a, a, an owner of a store like that, um, I, can't, I can't remember her name, but they had the, the, the pastry place in New York, remember? Oh, yeah. And I think they sent you a box too, but you couldn't eat them. But, uh, <laughs> well, we have people that did enjoy them on our behalf. Oh, man. Yeah. Holy moly. So who knows? Maybe I'll get a free cheesecake out of this. I'm going to try. You know what? The perks of, of being the producer of the Robert Scott Bell show, they, they're without shameless, it. Shameless, shameless, shameless. <laughs> you deserve it, my friend. You deserve all the goodness that's coming your way. And may it be cheesecake, too. Cheesecake. I like yeah. It. All right. So let's see. Anything last minute comments, questions in the chat room? Thanks, Leslie. Hey, Marge, how you doing? Thumbs up to you, too. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, Steve, thank you for putting the link to the uh, Rumble uh, version of the trailer, Utah Safe and Effective, the documentary. Uh, Gretel, thank you. Appreciate Get your Go get your feet dirty, everyone. I've got so much organic soil that's beyond next level. Thanks to farmer Brian Johnson uh, and Doug Fletcher, who we had on last week talking about it. And, and a lot of people at the Red Pill Expo learned about his amazing soil. So we're going to be amending uh, everything that we're doing, and we're going to watch the growth from this year to next year, it's going to be pretty, pretty transformative. There's some good stuff happening. Remember, it's not just about growing. It's about having the right soil like Superdon has. Thanks to the cannabis growers, you got the same kind of soil that really rocked your tomatoes. That really impressed you, didn't it? It did. Totally. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. I know those folks do know that the soil is everything. Oh, and they so do. they're paying big bucks for like top flight soil that's not just, you know, Walmart organic. So, right. I mean, you got to start somewhere, but my gosh, we got to amend it, make it good. So that which we grow is abundant. We want to grow more, not less, so that we have the ability to help others, much less ourselves, uh, through the supply chain crisis being orchestrated to diminish our freedoms. And, uh, you know, may we make it in abundance through the winter and, and in the spring that everybody that hasn't grown yet grows. And if you have grown, grow more. And that's what we're going to do, too. So. Once again, thanks for being here, y'all. I got a, another uh, interview I got to do, so I'm going to take a break until, uh, God willing, less than 22 hours from now. We'll be back right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Time for some Mickey-friendly music to go out on.
All right, you guys have a great day.